want to know what a zero wrote in his family's receipts. There's no fucking money. You're supposed to be earners. That's why you got the top tier positions. So each one of you go out to your people on the street, crack some fucking heads, create some fucking earners out there. Welcome to Good Earners reviewing The Sopranos season three, episode two. All of our fans, for those that are new, welcome to Good Earners. For those that have been here, y'all know how we give it up. And here on Good Earners, we like to talk about family, finessing, finances, and feelings in the world of Tony Soprano, bringing you a new perspective, a fly perspective, and most importantly, a black perspective. We are the toughest podcast out of Essex County. This podcast has way too much moxie. And this podcast, just know we can sell it. Spike, Rich, what's going on with y'all? What? What are we doing? What are we doing? Say it. You're flexing. You're flexing. That's what we doing, man. (laughs) So we are back, man. Again, another episode of Good Earners. Spike, what episode are we reviewing today, bro? Today on Good Earners, we are season three, episode two. Please forgive the pronunciation. Provishka Luska. I have no idea what that is. I think it's Prosha Lavushka. Yeah, that's that's the toast that uh, that Lana gave. Ah, got it. The Russian toast. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Goodbye, little Olivia. That's the name of the episode. In this episode, (laughs) the trash wars continue and they introduce us to Ralphie, who may be a key player and wants to be made. Meadow introduces Tony to a classmate that triggers a panic attack and Tony and the family deal with a tragedy. This is episode three, see, excuse me, this is episode two, season three of Good Arms. Off Scalution. Yes, sir. And <laughs> thank you, Spike, for that synopsis. And yes, uh, our first scene, it's a second firebomb in the sanitation war. Um, that's going on we get i believe christopher and adriana i'm sorry i'm on the wrong episode uh but we get the second uh firebomb in the sanitation uh we get this weird rewind that tony passed out and he falls out in his kitchen then they do this whole rewind situation we meet (laughs) (laughs) we meet a new character here uh young noah and Things really transpire really quickly here. Rich, what did you get from this? Because <laughs> we, we getting right to it, bro. This is this is ridiculous right now. All right, man. So obviously, just to start out, the firebomb, even though it was very brief, we said it in episode one. We saw it on the front page when Tony got his paper to start the episode. This is going to be a theme throughout this season. I mean, now we get a little bit more in depth, as we know, throughout the episode to the point it's if you're an outsider, if it's reached a point where you're blowing up trucks, then what the fuck is going on? I got to know a little bit more about this. But obviously, uh, we at the Soprano household and I love how they played around with this episode. And I think a lot of it has to do with the whole Livia aspect of it. Um, you know, we know Sopranos and the Public Enemy movie that they played throughout this episode was a mm-hmm. reminder of that kind of like this is a. This art is meant to show you a world, you know, that we live in, not necessarily to glorify 
or, or um, you know, give accolades to the bad guys. It's just the truth and the reality of everything. So the fact that they give us this real time show all the time, Sopranos is one of the most realistic shows ever. Mm-hmm. We get some goofy stuff and some silly stuff that we normally don't see unless we have a dream sequence, right? Mm-hmm. So we get a rewind fo- portion where you don't get it. And this is important to remember. This was a two time. The only time Sopranos uh, opened up the season with back to back episodes. So mm-hmm. both of these first two episodes of this season had kind of like a cartoonish effect. We have the old school detective style oh, yeah, in this episode yeah, yeah. one. And we have this like rewind. We have big P in the mirror. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff that you wouldn't normally see, like I said, unless it's a dream sequence. Mm-hmm. And this whole CGI thing with Livia, I think they played all of that into the whole message of you know, what's the meaning behind it, even when you get to the Robert Frost thing. So I mm. looked at that episode as a whole. So when I look at the rewind section, it's interesting to see we haven't seen Tony with a panic attack in so long mm. and what actually triggered that. And <laughs> I don't want to just hog the moment. I want to have it back and forth. But the, the expression acting by James Gandolfini. Yeah. And the back and great. forth and just the 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 looks he the look he gave Meadow like I know you ain't got this nigga in my crib oh, barefoot oh, using oh, my man. using my toilet bro, using my DVD nigga, player bro like you know <laughs> better than that that wasn't no piss either he had been in there for a minute bro he came yeah, out of there buckling his pants up the smell was you with him feel me hey you feel me your mom like lavender cracking man. little jokes and shit like you comfortable. Man, my man oh. been sitting there for a minute taking it oh. in. What? Oh, man. Yeah, we see how immediately Tony's whole mood changes because he's excited. At Public Enemies, this is a good one. You come home, blah, blah, blah. And as soon as Noah asks you a film buff, he looks at him like he's crazy. Like, nigga, not to you. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> if and I really want to ask y'all this before we even get into the conversation of yeah. the scene. Here's the real <laughs> question I always wanted to ask, and I, I need to get y'all opinion on it. How would this scene have gone if this was a nigga nigga? If this was if this was Spike Lou that walked in the crib versus Noah, because Noah is still on the safe side, and we see how mad he was that he and you know Noah's a safe yeah. character. Yeah. What What do you mean? If it was a nigga, nigga coming in. I mean, I'm talking about a nigga that's coming in, opening the fridge. The gabagool, nigga. Where the gabagool? <laughs> like, I'm talking about what it is. Oh, okay. Like, so how what, do you think Tony would have the bathroom rubbing his stomach? Okay. And shit, so like, for those that are not black, up, for those that are not black listeners, they don't know what he means, nigga, nigga. He means. Those people that are black beyond measure, where y'all probably seen it, and probably the stereotypical belief that y'all believe in us, how we react. He's asking about what would have happened if Noah wasn't biracial and he was just all the way black. That just for those that don't understand what that means. Spike, what do you think? <laughs> it wouldn't have been that subtle if it had been like it would have been like oh, a real yeah. deal. Metal would have had to come and like save him probably because it like it would have built oh, up. It, oh, okay. I don't really think Noah. I only think Noah picked up what he was putting down until the very end. Oh man, right, right. he let him get it off with the uh, he let him get off <laughs> with the Tarzan joke. Oh man, charcoal brigade. <laughs> he was like Bruh, asking him, yeah, charcoal brigade Moulinon. Like mm-hmm. he really That's when he started up on it. Yep. Right, right. So someone who was more aware of what Tony was doing, I feel like it would have escalated because Tony wasn't backing down at all in, in the slightest, but Noah just didn't get it. I would, that would have been entertaining to see. I thought one of my favorite sitcoms is All in the Family. Uh, I think that he definitely channeled his Archie Bunker, his George Jefferson, his mm-hmm. Fred G. Sanford. Mm-hmm. This was one of those moments in Ode to what you were saying, Rich, and kind of dealing with the comedy. It's not funny as far as like the subject matter, but 
them acting through it was funny. It was a great <laughs> job job by game James Galdafini. The the subtle little like I said, did y'all start in Tarzan? Like all of that My shit, be keeping a straight face was hilarious. It was some of the best racism, most entertaining oh, racism yeah. that you gonna see on TV. And oh, again, yeah. I put him up there with the Fred G. Sanfords and the and the um all the other guys who did this on TV as well, like in the sixties and seventies. Oh yeah, this uh yeah definitely. I know they people don't even respect that from us, like being knowing that he nah. was racist to a black guy. But where we we find it, it, the entertainment value in it, it's but funny. Yeah, it's, it is. It's funny. It's funny. funny. I think that it's, it's the audacity. I always it's, say yeah. it's, even yeah. more so than the racism. The it's the audacity that you're really saying. It's the like, you so racist that How it's funny. You, like yeah, damn. like yeah, right. That part. You're so racist. Why people really or some racist people. Are, really understand like you said and it's so racist you're like man i can't believe you just yeah, did like, that, and right, that like right. bro i but gotta you know laugh but you know what i could live with and most times we feel this way i mean i i don't know how other ethnicities feel when they approach racism but what i could live with was the racism was brought to the front it wasn't no subtle Be it wasn't hidden yes and then it's like at Thanks. the end of the day too it's like i'm not about to kill you over because i don't like black people i don't like you know what i mean any i just don't, you I, just don't I don't like you like you're black and i don't want you dating my daughter and they don't want my I daughter dating imagine their sons. You dating my daughter right yeah I like i don't imagine you dating my daughter my nigga. right and so it's like i can appreciate the upfront like i don't like black people it doesn't bother me and it wasn't like he was like about to do some police brutality or some mob brutality on him because he's black it's just i don't like you but i thought I it was just What'd you say? He went through all the, he went through all the racial epithets right in his oh, face. <laughs> oh, man, right to his face. That's why, like, you can appreciate uh, in your face racist versus, like, somebody like, oh, yeah, I, 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 my best friend is black. Like, we could appreciate. But, like, the fact that, like, Noah came out and this is, like, this is, like, the black dude that, like, feels like he, he feels comfortable around white people. This is the black dude. Yeah. He's very comfortable. He's look half at, white, yeah. Look at the, yeah, he's half yeah. white. So mm -hmm. he comes out and he has the sandals. And he had he don't have sandals that black dudes wear. <laughs> he got the he got hipster the Birkenstocks. what Birkenstocks. The yeah. Birkenstocks nineties. Yeah. I feel I'm safe in any environment. I'm the non threatening. My hair is curly. I'm the non threatening black guy. Everybody should like me. I'm charming. He had that whole vibe. Because if this was another black dude that wasn't biracial coming in with Jordans what, on, like it's that's just why totally I the question. At the beginning, that's what made me ask no. the question. This would have been completely different. So you think about the you think about the mindset of Noah going through like the fact that like, bro, I told first off, I told you I was half Jewish, and 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 so you know, I'm telling you, I'm half Jewish and I'm half black, and then on top of that, like I, I'm not necessarily saying we're dating. We'll see where things go. But the fact that like Tony could not hold that in is hilarious. And and Tony does business from time to time with black mm -hmm. people. And we'll see a black character later in this episode. It's this was so funny. And Noah was like, man, he was so heated, bro. Like, and I just love the line that Tony says. It's like, now your little friend up there. He he, he she brought you over here. She wasn't she doing was you no still. favors, but we'll we'll deal with that later. Like, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? He said, That's exactly what I'm talking. Like, bro, oh man, like. That was so yeah. hilarious, and Meadow kept that yeah. same energy. But I want to speak. I'll oh, go ahead. Do y'all think Meadow did that on purpose? Was that I had like, that. I had that written down, Spike. I had that written. That's down what I did too. I said, "Why did she set this man up?" I. She know good and dang on well. Meadow know better, and that's the thing she because better. she. He, he, I'm gonna say. She did it on purpose in the sense of she wasn't shy about bringing her to the, bringing him to the crib. Mm -hmm. 
but I don't think her intention was to piss off Tony like that. Yeah. Um, even when he came down the steps, she was kind of on some like we about to leave. And that look he gives her, mm-hmm. she turned six years old all over again. Like she knew she fucked up. Like mm-hmm. she knew she was told explicitly to stay out the cookie jar. And he comes around the corner and sees her in the cookie jar. He kind of gives that look. Mm-hmm. And he knows, she knows, like, oh shit, like I know what's about to go on. So which is which is kind of confusing on why she carried it this way. She knew what was gonna happen. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? If Tony met him. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why she was so upset at, at Tony's behavior throughout the episode and throughout these first few episodes of the season. But I don't know, man. That's an odd one. I'm yeah. trying to figure that out. And that's why I, I remember think... I... Sp- oh, go ahead, Spike. My bad. No, go ahead. I was going to say that uh, season two, or it may have been season one. I think season two, but like I spoke to... I told you, like, the theme I believe in the show is, like, wanting something else and, like, how Meadow was, like, at that time, she was kissing and slopping down this Cuban boy on in that season, last season. So, it's like, here now she has this biracial uh, Jewish slash black boy here. So, it's that weird thing. I mean, we know how where it lands in the end. But it does, when you look at where it lands in the end of the series, it kind of comes off like, okay, you getting this off because you just, you know what I mean? Like, you, you, they say you're like Carmella, but you're all me. Tony does things sometimes just to get that off. You know what I'm saying? So in some weird way, I feel like Meadow probably was trying to get something off. And, and it's weird because it's like they weren't even on the downs. They was on the ups. But I don't yeah. know what her intent is, but I don't know. Probably she just make her dad see the world a different way. Like if I if you're not going to turn yeah, your is. back on me because you love me, I, you, I'm your one. Like. Mm-hmm. So if I if I marry somebody black or outside of the you know the Italian rate or culture, excuse me, mm-hmm. you gotta accept them at some point. And let's see if I can test your gangster and test your patience to see if I can wait it out or if you're just gonna go your whole time. You know, Tony told us in season one, and here it's still 1954. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> he, That's he before Martin Luther that. King, right there. <laughs> um, I think it was. I think it's an act of defiance. I think throughout the series that we get met all with her choice of school. Uh, with her career choice later on in the series. All of these things, I feel like it was what you two were hitting on. It's like her trying to be a, a renegade against what Tony got going on. And mm-hmm. it's almost to the point of, well, I'm not as bad as you because I know what you do, so you ought to let me get this little shit off. I'm going to test you on every corner on your morals and how you deal with me versus how you deal with the world. I feel that Meadow did that throughout the series. She kind of like, she's the white hat. Mm-hmm. She's kind of like, even again, I go to her career choice. We talk about her choice in men, where she wanted to go to college at in the first season. All of that was against what Tony wanted, the tradition of what he did. And it wasn't in a, a negative, I'm wilding out. It was in a, I want, like you just said, Rich, I want you to stretch your mind. I'm the person in this family that's going to expand what you guys know and do. And I think it's a good scene with that, with the uh, when they talk about the, the Frost book a little mm-hmm. bit later when she's talking to Asia. Okay. Yeah. Um, I will say I did the, the rewind how they did the transition from the rewind to the rewind on the TV of Public Enemy. Again, it, it's just it's not necessary. Like these are weird edits that are like it's like again I get it in nineties going into two thousands I get it, but it's like it's just not necessary. I didn't like the edit. It was it was not I'm, needed. I'm but, telling you, man. In my heart of hearts, I really think that they knew Nancy March and passed away. Yeah. And they had to address that in some way. Because here's the interesting thing. She passed away before this season started. Right. So the fans in real time knew, like, how are they going to answer for this? This actor's no longer around. So I think he knew that I'm going to do this CGI thing, which we'll talk about. 
to send her character off. And since that is going to be a little bit out of the norm and have to go into this fantasy element, for lack of better terms, mm-hmm. let's just take the whole episode and fuck around with it a little bit. Because mm-hmm. once we get past this episode, it's straight Sopranos, as, as we oh, know. Yeah. I got a big, So I think big, he really used these that. first two seasons. And I think that I think it doesn't it's not a coincidence that this is the only time that they had two episodes premiere at once back to back like that. I think he wanted to get Ooh. all of this out the way, addressing that whole it's Nancy Marchin, mm-hmm. addressing Livia. Let's answer these questions and let's get on into the real Sopranos world. Let's not drag it out for two weeks. Let's do mm-hmm. it all at once. So they dropped both of these at the same that, time? You said what? They dropped them both. Yeah, they came out on the same night. Yeah, they came out the same night. Wow. So I think since he knew that he had this part to build off of, he said, well, let's just fuck around with TV. I like doing that anyway in my dream sequences. Mm-hmm. The whole Robert Frost thing as far as black versus white mm-hmm. symbolism, meaning what white you want it to mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This show can mean what you want it to mean as well. Mm-hmm. So, that, yeah, we normally great. are a more traditional and straight on television show. Let's take a couple episodes to just play around in that world before we get back to what we do. I think mm-hmm. it was literally just him fucking around because he knew that they had to address this. Had the season going how it originally would have been, we mm-hmm. never would have got any of this like editing or any of that stuff. Yeah. I think that actually it's the last four episodes when you think about it, because you got you got these two and then you got oh, yeah. uh, fun house, which is the dream sequence. And then you got uh night, uh, white night, white and satin armor or whatever with, with Richie's death. And we get that little like music where Richie's son, little Ricky was dancing. And we had that cartoon music that they were. <laughs> so we got really the last four episodes of doing it. So I, I, I can get with that. I, I, I'm not mad at it. I, and even when we get to the big P part, I like that. I just, the rewind was, it was, it's like I try to sell us on like, oh, we see blood next to Tony. He's in the ground. He's on the ground in the kitchen. Oh, what happened? And then y'all rewind immediately. And it was like, the payoff just wasn't there, bro. Like, I get it, but it wasn't there. It, it was not there. Nah, that's fair. And I think even in that time, I don't feel like this is not something I'm going to shoot bail for. Like, oh, because it's 2000. I still feel like it just wasn't there. It's like, Cause I look at David Chase and, and the and the producers and I look at them like I know that y'all are so on a high level of intelligence. Y'all know that ain't needed. Which we'll obviously later down the road we don't see things like this. But like it's just again still experimenting in season three. But I don't know. I I just didn't like the rewind. It was t- totally unnecessary to me. But Uncle Ben's is Tony's kryptonite. <laughs> and that's our ad. Man, no matter how racist you are, that black face in the cupboard always brings comfort to your home, man. So make sure that you keep your Uncle Ben's rice stocked up and ready to go in two minutes or less, man. Add it to any meal. Uncle Ben's rice. Uncle Good Ben's rice. rice. Let's go. Can we get Good a shirt? Ad. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> um, to, to extend the scene, um, you know, they, there's this moment between Carmela and Tony, and Carmela decides that this is the right play for them as they unite uh you know on this meadow situation say look let me talk to her uh but it's funny because tony is so racist that he's get he's trying to get off more stuff like you know if my dad if, if my sisters would have brought home a, and she carmella's already gone butter butterhead, <laughs> butterhead. A a butterhead. butterhead. Bro, what? The- when did black people become butterheads where do we get that i've never heard of butterhead before Bro, i was butterhead. gonna say this, the Sopranos cool. is educational because it taught me a it's new education. Racial, it's an uh, educational uh, show. Uh, a racial epithet. Like what? Yeah, I, I had to look oh, it up afterwards. Like, what's a butterhead? And I, you know, just Yo. obviously the light skin. <laughs> that um, damn boy. You still black, but you're Yo, butter. It's <laughs> like, what about Burt Butterhead? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like we're not all butter color. Like, you know what? Yeah. We're, we're officially replacing the word nigga with butterhead. Like. 
That's going to be. That is. He be throwing around. He ain't even finished this episode either, but he just be throwing this shit out there. He be, that's is, how you really feel. Bro, which is funny because oh. I still think about when he's hog Janice, fake dot head. Like, he don't care. Everybody could get it. Like, that's why I respect. <laughs> I respect a racist that's racist against everybody. I don't respect a racist that's racist against one, one race. He's like, straight, what? He straight up Archie Bunker. Oh, yeah. That was full Archie Bunker. Oh, yeah. Full Archie. Archie. I don't care nothing about none of y'all. Like, I feel like we're superior or whatever you feel, but you keeping that same energy with everybody. I, I can respect. I don't like you, but I can respect. I don't. I just don't like none of y'all. Like, you know what I mean? So I, I get that. But you know, yeah. you know what's wild about that scene? What? And I had, it has to be intentional because it's Sopranos. Right before they cut away to the next scene, there's a jar of Helmets mayonnaise on the left side of the, hmm. of the counter. And it's by itself. It'd be different if it was like a whole pile of groceries. It's, it's literally out there by itself. Almost like, I want you to see this. Right. <laughs> In a racist ass scene. Mm-hmm. Right after you finish calling him a butterhead. So I don't Mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. He's going to drink V8 juice with Gabagool and Provolone. They know. Just, just looking at what he ate. And that and that speaks uh, to his coping thing too. Like he he copes with food. Like I did want to throw yeah, that out. He there. do, and that's what triggers him too. One last thing, it's an all in the family thing. If you if y'all watch it or fans of the show, one of the funniest scenes on there, Archie gets stuck in the basement and he started praying, and a black guy <laughs> walks up to the window and he thought that the black guy voice was God. That's oh. probably one of the funniest things I've ever seen. That, <laughs> that shit. Was it Morgan that Freeman? <laughs> I don't know who that nigga was, man. It was his neighbor or somebody. And the nigga was praying and he just, he said, Archie, is that you? Man, I cry. Oh, Y'all man. haven't seen it. Watch that, bro. Man. I'll try to find the YouTube. The fact that Spike watches sitcoms, that's amazing. Yeah, that's I amazing. Like those old sitcoms. Old sitcoms, my bag. I like all okay. of it. All in the family, mama's family, married with children. Okay. All of the old shit. Yeah. That's dope. Reese Company. Um, what what did y'all think about Carmela's play though? Real quick before we just keep it moving. Um, what do y'all think about Carmela? Y'all think this was the the right move as far as this uh, interracial dating situation possibility? Yeah, that was the right move. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Tony, we saw Tony's not equipped for that. Yeah, sometimes mm-hmm. Carmela's counsel can be good. She know Tony, and she know metal. Like mm-hmm. she did, that was good right there. That's what a mom, I think, house head do like Carmela. So yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. And it's interesting. I don't know. I, I I had to get a little more research on it before I jump out there with a tape. Um, but yeah, I agree. And they wasn't necessarily on the ups before, but anyways, uh, the next thing, Tony visits Livia. We get the infamous uh, CGI scene, and I know a lot of people hate it, and this is we, we won't harp so much on it, but uh, Chase, unless you, you got some information on this scene, uh, Rich, that you want to enlighten us on? $250,000 is how much it costs to do this. And even though in 2023 it looks crazy, in 2000 when it aired, there was a, a, a you know small percentage of viewers mm-hmm. who didn't know that that wasn't you know, Nancy Marching. I, I, so I, I, I didn't purpose. know the and first still time some spots. Yeah, there's still the some time. spots here and there where that don't look bad. The close-ups don't do it justice. Mm-hmm. When you get into the close-ups, that's when you know, the hair moves on different sides, but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Her just being out of frame, like that's mm-hmm. it's not a bad no, it's not take. I mean, you know, no, in that year, I don't no, you right. would have. I guess you it's had so- to have it. I was that was my question. Is some of the criticism because this really wasn't a needed scene? Like, really, we didn't really get nothing out of this other than Livia is a piece of shit. But we knew that, like, with her not yeah, feeling the book, well. Like, did this was this is all more towards Nancy March and Do we owe her a send off 
Oh, versus okay, just okay. It's like a her last scene, not knowing that it was gonna be her last scene. Gotcha, we owe her gotcha. something on screen for that. That makes sense. I think that's, that's what I think that's where the mom was. Classic living. Yeah. The, uh, well, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, David Chase. It says that I, I looked up. It says David Chase felt that Tony and Livia needed one last scene together. He felt it was necessary to the platform for the rest of the story. So I, I overall, how I believe that he what he was saying was it's like. And the storyline, so and Rick should give us even more like me, but the original storyline was going to be these airline tickets that were going to play a big mm -hmm. part in maybe it take Tony down, maybe it doesn't. Uh, but now since the storyline is has to wrap because the great late great Nancy Marchand has passed, they have to wrap that up. So kind of utilizing this dialogue and even utilizing this interaction between them two and even the the uh you know the memory book of the grandchildren and stuff uh and then even Svetlana I think people can hate the CGI but I absolutely think it's necessary because when I watched this the first time around I didn't catch the CGI and not only did I not catch the CGI I didn't catch the twist of like when we get later where we find out she passed I didn't even know I'm like oh like so it, it it felt so Soprano-esque how they even gave the reveal. You know, just like we got later episodes where a character would die, but that's right in the early part of the episode. They more so spend time on the reaction and how they dealt with it, which is a great Soprano, you know, sauce that they do. So I personally, I'm not mad at the CGI, and it makes sense to what Rich was saying earlier. It's like, if we're going to go ahead and put 250 grand on the CGI, we might as well play a lot with some of the effects and some funny little rewinds and funny little, you know, ghost characters that we'll see later in the episode. So I totally agree with you. Um, but did y'all get anything else in regards to this, uh, this, this Svetlana? I mean, we got her, we got a reveal of her before this moment, but this is where she starts to become like a character here. And then even like Tony going off on his mother. Do y'all get anything else um, from this scene? Don't wave your hanky at me. <laughs> hey man, no hey, no no. no well, you know, with CGI, that that line makes it even funnier. Oh right? yeah, they. I mean, but that was a good job by James Gandolfini in that scene. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, it was because they were really reaching for things. You know, set aside the CGI. You know what kind of you could tell where it doesn't line up is because Livia is not just letting things ride. There's a lot of those kind of, you know, she has kind of the constipated face where it's like, you know, that uh, like, you know, don't use that type of talk. And then she has that face where she's like, whatever kind of face. Livia doesn't let anything ride because we got at the beginning of the season where, you know, he was trying to work out things and she's like, oh, throw that stat. like she's not letting anything ride, you know, so it. It, it was just a funny thing when you look at it now. And some people that are new to the show, maybe they're like, oh, I didn't even know it was CGI. Like, you know, so. But um, I I, I want to say before we move on, um, this is not new. This was a long time ago, 2000, 2001. Uh, rest in peace, Nancy Marchand. Uh, the character you love to hate, the character that David Chase felt was closest resemblance to his mother uh, in real time. And so I appreciate her work here. And even some of her historical work that I may have not checked out, but I appreciate what she was able to bring to this show. And I, I'm thankful, man. Like, 
I really am like because a character that can move you emotionally like that, positive or negatively, uh, I, you got to give him big kudos. We talk all the time about Joffrey from Game of Thrones. Like regardless, we got to get that young boy uh, or maybe young man now his 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 flowers because he moves us mm-hmm. emotionally, like it or not. You know what I mean? You got to respect that. Or young Tariq from Power, got to respect it. You don't like him, but he moves us. So you know, same here, right? Nancy Marchand, rest in peace, man. Um. Y'all know that AJ is the same age that Tony was when the season started this week. Saw that. I, I saw, saw that today, it. Spike. It that shit crazy. wild. It made me feel old. <laughs> wow. Like that is insane. But yes, all right, Peter. I didn't mean to step on what you said. No, you can. Yeah, for sure, man. Absolutely. And obviously, she did a lot of other work too. So, mm-hmm. um, Tony's watching Public Enemy. Um. And not only that, but we get some big news here. Uh, I did want to ask, is Tony re-watching this movie or is he not finishing it every time it comes up on this episode? Because I wasn't really sure. question. I think that he was kind of kept getting disturbed and Mm -hmm. was catching the different pieces of where he left off the last time. That was my take on it. I I think the same. I never thought about it until you asked it, but Tony Soprano is the type of person that just has time to watch Right, <laughs> that movie it's over and over again. So he's probably right, picking right. up where it leaves off. Yeah. Mm. So we if we get this moment where Meadow is saying like she's asking him, "Did you say something? You know, did you say something? <laughs> did you say something to Noah? You better walk up them steps." He's like, "If you smart, you'll walk up them stairs." <laughs> and she ain't get it. Do I need to say it in Swahili, bro? Man, God damn, bro. That was, God, man, that was Swahili, like dog. Like that's, that's up the there racist, with the Tarzan movie. That's up there with the Tarzan. Swahili. Swahili is black crazy. as it gets. That's black as it gets. Yeah, that's too. the blackest you're gonna get right there. Wait a minute, Spike, you got a public enemy shirt on? Uh-huh. This guy. First last week, we had Rich with both books. Man, y'all stop doing me like this, bro. Y'all, man, we got a group chat, man. Y'all put me on the loop, man. Like, what, what are we doing? I'm sitting here with the suit on and I'm all out the loop. He got a public enemy. Oh, you got the books. All right, next week I'm gonna do so. I do a little deeper research here because y'all leave me out here, man. Oh man, never, never intentional, never intentional, never intentional Mo. Yeah, y'all gotta check for those that are listeners. Y'all go check out the YouTube. Y'all want to see the visual of uh, Spike's Public Enemy shirt? That's dope. Um, but Car- Carmela immediately interrupts and and and, and diffuses the situation. Shouts out to Carm right here. I like when she does. They work as a team, as a family. Doing her job right. She doing her job right here. Uh-huh. Um. We get we get a quick quick moment that Tony just goes outside, moves his sprinkler, smoking a cigar. He comes in and then he gets the news that his mother has passed away. I want to ask y'all in the original watch, if y'all can remember, what how was this a surprise to y'all when y'all found out immediately like your mother's passed away? Like in the very first watch, you remember watching this? We knew before, I knew before the season, right? so I knew how, some kind of way he was going to do it. I didn't know how they was going. It was like, you, in the little blogs and shit like that. You were following blogs in two thousand one. Entertainment Week. I used to read Entertainment Weekly. Oh. Like, and I started reading Entertainment Weekly when when Lost. Did Lost come out after this? I well, Entertainment this. Weekly and still yeah, it was after this. But I should read. I read Entertainment Weekly and it mentioned that that happened. And if I'm not mistaken, wow. but no, I didn't. I didn't know how it was gonna play out on scene. So yeah, it was surprising. Wow. And a little footnote: success. You brought. You talked about the style of them not really doing it. Succession did this. I didn't even realize that until you said it. They hmm. dealt with the death in a similar manner, like. It wasn't necessarily the death. It was the phone call and everything around it, too. Mm. So that was a good pull. Right incredible, incredible episode of television. Oh, my God. 
incredible that episode. Top ten episodes of TV. Is that one? Right yeah, there? nah, it really oh, was. The other nine is from the from the Sopranos. Uh, yeah. <laughs> some wires in there, some Game of Thrones. Alright, another five. And some West Wing, if you ask me. I, I finished West Wing. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll go see when you get through eighty six of these joints. <laughs> but but I dig it, no doubt. Uh, what about you, Rich? Was this like in the original watch? Were you reading the TV guys and reading the information like Spike or like? Oh um, no, I wasn't. I'm, I'm still a few years younger than Spike, so I wasn't. I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle of y'all too, man. Hey. I'm in the middle of y'all too, so I wasn't. It makes sense that Spike was up to it's date not. on all that. I, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't all the way there yet. So yeah, it was a little bit shocking. But to Spike's point, when you watch that episode of Succession, not to cross over, but mm-hmm. they handled it the same way as far as just the emotions of it and the effects of it and the realism. Like it was a very a lot of realistic emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're we're normally seeing somebody getting that news and bursting out into tears and mm-hmm. hysteria. And mm-hmm. even though we know that Tony and Livia had their issues, they're still the they're still your mother. Mm-hmm. Right. And there is just that first shock. Like, what? Like, damn, especially when you just saw, you know, what I, mean? I just saw her. What do you tell me? What do you mean? She's she passed. Um, so more than anything, him just trying to figure it out and just being like, damn. Mm-hmm. So all of that was um, the death was shocking, but mm-hmm. more so just the fact that we didn't see it or it wasn't a big thing. He didn't. It wasn't yeah. a smothering of, with the pillow. You know what I mean? It was just yeah. something that really happens in real life. The, yeah. the mundaneness, yeah. the regularness, the regularness. Great pull, like, and that, and that's what. I mean, this is genius level usage in regards to like we've lost a a, a great actress that gave her all. Like, even if they had to shoot in hospital because she was really sick at the in those last days, where she wanted to still keep going. Like the great Nancy, she wanted to keep going anyway, keep shooting, like up until her last day. So shooting in the hospital, and you know, and man, like. And so to get this, like, and in the range of Tony, James Gandolfini, but like Tony, where it's like this range of like anger, sadness, peaceful, confused. It's so much there of like, what does Tony feel? And it's amazing mm-hmm. because we are on the roller coaster ride of all of the things. We know that he tra- she transpired against him. We also know that she has an issue. We also know that she finds joy in negativity. So maybe it's not her fault. Where does she get that? It's so many questions we have why Olivia is like that. You know what I mean? Is it is it just her purposely being evil or she never had a chance? We don't know her childhood. So it's like amazing to go through these range of emotions with Tony. And I, I will speak a little bit more to, you know, what I believe Tony's feeling and what I believe is a trait of Tony's that we'll see much later down the series. Um, but Tony tells the kids immediately, he transfers the energy to like your grandmother, you know, your grandma love, love them. And another, and, and, and that's a trait of Tony's. He, he don't know how to grieve. Uh, he just doesn't grieve like ever. And, and it's not because he's trying to be strong. I feel like it's, it's some other reason, which I think we'll get that reveal in season six. Uh, but um, sociopath, yeah. <laughs> but will yeah. Uh, but I did want to ask: Do you think? Well, I guess Spike kind of already answered that. But um, anything else you get from this scene? Just the everything that's going on, Meadow, kind of having to put things aside, which is very mature for a freshman in college. Like I'm, I'm very much mad at you still. But and through throughout the episode, we see that complexity with her, but. 
her having to do that. Carmela, she's riding out with things, but she ain't all necessarily on the ups with Tony either. You know, AJ, they're okay. I mean, they had a slice of pizza to kind of reconcile things. He's a boy, so he's all right. But like the two women in the family, they're not necessarily on the ups with Tony, but they have to put it aside for Tony at this moment. Anything else I get from this scene? I took it a little differently from you from Tony. I feel like his initial reaction was like, you're kidding me. And everything else was bullshit because he thought that that's what people wanted to see. I don't think that any of that was authentic other than you're kidding me. And I think mm-hmm. that the reason why it'll come out later when he's talking to Dr. Melfi mm-hmm. and us being connoisseurs of this show, knowing his characteristics, like I feel like that his initial reaction was his true one and all of the other shit was just, I'm, let me act like the part. And then you got that throughout the episode from different people feeling like they had to act like Tony wanted them to act being in this situation about Livia and his mom. Cause like you're right in the traditional sense, mm-hmm. this is a very sad thing, but it's a, a fantastic fucking scene in, in the show later that shows this wasn't a traditional death. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to get the traditional feelings that you would from a funeral. And I think David Chase did an amazing job of putting it all together a little closer to the end. But mm-hmm. I think Tony was not, he didn't give two fucks to his mom died. It, it, it's because of the social thing or is it because, yep. okay. It ain't really, yeah, it, it, it ain't it's, a lot to do with, again, okay. it ain't a lot to do with not, it's, it's the social thing. Like okay, the social thing. Okay. Yep. Anything else you want to add to that, Rich? Nah, he nailed it. Okay. Ah, man, I, <clears throat> I can't wait till we get there, but I hate that that ended up being what it was, but eh, we'll get there. Um, they head to Livia's house, and I mean, again, Chase using what he has to, uh, to be able to like make us feel like you know, because again, for those that are, mo- I mean, we know Sopranos has had a a crazy reach way down the road, so now it it's grown so much more than what it was in the nineties, two thousands. Now with social media. To know, like, for those that have watched it that didn't necessarily know uh, Nancy Marchand passed away, they're they're really milking this. I'm watching 90210, and, like, when they got rid of Brenda Walsh, uh, uh, Brenda Walsh, it was like, if you didn't watch it in that time, you didn't know, oh, there was some trouble behind the scenes. So you kind of like, yo, what what happened? What's going on? Like, and the way they're milking it, like... Yeah, like the phone call, like, oh, she's this and that. So you're riding it out. So here doing the the next scene where they go to Livia's, the ambulance driving off, and Tony's looking. That's like the send-off. And they do a great job of making us think we might see her again, but we're not going to see her again. Throughout, we'll see that later at the funeral home too. But uh, Svetlana tells Tony that she broke the promise that Livia never wrote anything down for the grandkids, and um, you know, uh, we get we get a we get a lot. They kind of go back and forth between this and AJ doing his homework, um, and Meadow helping him out. And this is where the concept comes in that Rich was speaking about it between like black and white, lightness and darkness, snow and uh, dark darkness or whatnot. What did y'all get between these two scenes, between the Sopranos household with Meadow and AJ and then uh, Livia's household with Svetlana, um, Tony and Carmela? Well, to start things out, I thought it was very interesting when Svetlana told her that she died of a massive stroke. Because mm-hmm. that's what she said. She had a stroke when we, you know, I, I know Bills Bonds Mo was trying to say that Olivia got some other stuff going on, but uh-huh. she didn't have no stroke. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't think there's any possibility of that. So the fact that she actually uh, passed that way was pretty interesting. 
with the Robert Frost thing, Meadow helping him, AJ with his homework, that was just a, you know, we don't get a ton of AJ Meadow scenes throughout this episode. I mean, not throughout this episode, but throughout the whole series. We get them as a family, but it's not a ton of just those two. Um, and I always kind of enjoy them. I enjoy that big sister, little brother. Mm-hmm. They're siblings. They're not friends. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's always interesting to see them interact kind of in a friend way. And, you know, Meadow obviously caring about her brother. But just explaining, it reminds me of something Spike said last season when he pointed out, forget which episode, but Meadow only had one scene. Um, oh, yeah. I think well, yeah. She, she, she won the good earner for Spike that episode because that mm-hmm. one scene was pretty much... Her going over some more literature with AJ is the one where he said that'd be interesting if I when he stole the bins and got in the right, accident right. and all that. I feel like metal was used for those, uh, you know, as an avatar in a sense for I those agree. type of moments. Go ahead, I think Spike. it's the same thing with what you, we were asking about uh, with Tony and the purpose that she plays with him and all of the decisions she makes. She's kind of the person. The avatar is a good word. She stretches the thought process of this family. Whether it be mm-hmm. with her mother, whether it be with AJ, whether it be with her dad, she's the one that all of them respect enough for her to be able to voice an opinion and and them not completely just flip it away. Like she challenges the whole family in different means. So I think that was dope. Yeah, yeah. And I think just the whole you can take that for what it is, and that's the whole purpose of, I believe, the show of the whole conversation. It, if, if black is supposed to mean death, then why does white mean death? Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean, if, if black is, you know what I mean, black, white, you said it perfectly, Mo. Like, what do you mean? Like, if if that's the, if I can look at this thing and, and I can come up with my own conclusion, then what's the purpose of us even symbolizing stuff? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's mm-hmm. kind of just that mundaneness of life, just what the Sopranos is about in a sense. Everything's up to interpretation. Is mm-hmm. he a good guy or is he a bad guy? Mm-hmm. You know, are, are are we trying to glorify Tony Soprano? Or are we just trying to show a world that actually exists. Mm-hmm. It's up to you for how you want to take it. You yeah. know, it says a lot about us who love the anti-hero versus the actual system mm-hmm. of what it takes. That's why I love the wire so much. That's why the wire is a little bit ahead because they looked at the systems as a whole yeah, versus right. the characters. The characters were just a part of the main thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's bigger than Nino Brown. Yeah, it's bigger than Nino <laughs> Brown. And, and the Sopranos does a really good job of that as well. Yeah. Uh, but it's all up to us is what we really care about. Like, yeah, the gangster shit is cool, but, you know, somebody's somebody's garbage truck got blown up in real time. Like, mm-hmm. Somebody's got some real repercussions for the actions that they did. You know, regular citizens. Mm. So, you know, it's all up for interpretation of what you like. And that's what life is, too. Yeah, it is. Thanks. Um, I think ultimately, bro, like, well, I thought I thought I thought black was deaf. White is deaf, too. Guess what? It's all a big nothing. It's all a big nothing, bro. Like, Livia dies in this phrase, and who did she say this to? She said AJ. this to AJ. So this scene, is I feel like it's so intentional. Like, it's easy to be missed mm. if we haven't watched it multiple times. Meadow says that, she says, what horse has bells on them? The ones pulling a sleigh. <laughs> he says, AJ, oh, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving? <laughs> <laughs> bro, that, bro, Thanksgiving. That, what horse pulls a sleigh? <laughs> what are you? What the fuck is your head at, bro? Like that nigga. <laughs> this guy. Anyway, I ain't got time. Not even worth the comment. Like I, man, that's why I say I'm like, like, yeah, like that nigga. Is, is, hey, like, man, whatever happened there? Like, that's he's AJ. disturbingly unserious. Like, whatever whole, happened there? Like, like, he's that's, disturbing, right? AJ is literally for our Seinfeld fans. Yada yada yada. Like that is AJ. Like you, you fill in the blank, bro. He's yada yada yada, yada, yada straight yada. up. 
Uh, but like That's she funny. goes into this white endless the big sleep, which is kind of like the big nothing. And so it's it's just this whole metaphor here. It's like these racial lines, but it's a metaphor too of like like the uh black was deaf but white too. Like it, I don't know. It's just this was just one of those things you could tell it was super intentional, it was super on point, super on par, and this concept plays out. Um Yeah, and it showed with what she was dealing with too, like dating a black guy. Like she sees it differently from Tony. She doesn't see black as evil like AJ, like Tony and all that. She has a wider perspective and she's she walked him to that conclusion. He still didn't get it. Yeah. She did a, a a fantastic job of not just telling him but walking him to that conclusion. And it shows too, like for her, like again, it, her thought process is a lot different from everybody else in that family. Yeah. You're right. I don't know where she learned that from. She's she's because we see AJ dumbass. She picking up everything. Tony, like I wonder where she learns that from. What what was that that AJ was hearing in the house? Because we heard the creaks. It, I mean. There's the idea that there's supernatural things that happen in the, in the Soprano verse, uh, but I, I ain't gonna go down really? that rabbit hole. That. Yeah, I ain't gonna go down a rabbit hole because I would have to go through so much. But shouts out to Crado Soprano, uh, the Soprano guy podcast and all that. But I can't go down that rabbit hole because it's too deep to like. Just we ain't gonna never get done with the show. But what do y'all think that, those creeks was? Was that like you know the boys coming over? Because we find out later that they end up over there, or y'all are they just I don't know. Messing with I don't know what that was. I feel like it was a throwaway. I don't no have way. no idea what they were trying to do right there. Okay. Because it's like, remember when she did pop up that one time, like grandma, like, and she did pop up that time uh, where she act like, or she, she act like she didn't know things. But mm-hmm. anyways, uh, Tony calls Barbara and tells her like, hey, look, this is what's going on. And Barbara's like, uh, she's like, I'm going to call Janice. And, you know, we're going we gonna to lock in things. And Tony's like, okay, let's meet at uh, Cozzarelli's tomorrow. Um, did y'all know that Barbara lived in Jersey? No, I did not know that. I thought they came from out of town. I mean, because we didn't get no, she needed a flight ticket or anything like we get with. I think it's driving distance. I think I was going to say, I don't think New York, Philly, somewhere Mm, in that. She can get there in an hour or two. Hmm. Yeah. And Barbara strikes me as like a housewife. I don't think she works or has a career or anything like that. <clears throat> they never make mention of it, even though they don't, yeah. they don't give us much mention of anything Barb related for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems out. like wherever she yeah. is, she's not too far from home. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's still East Coast based, I think. Yeah, because she would still visit Libya and stuff like that. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, so. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree with you, uh, Spike. Um, we don't get much, but from that kitchen, Barbara's living pretty nice too. Nice house, so, yeah. Yeah, nice, look, nice little set. Um, but it's established here that Livia didn't want a service. Uh, she didn't want she didn't want to uh, be remembered at all. It's a big big nothing vibes, pretty much like like I was saying in the last thing. Um, and then we get this. I mean, one of the best moments of to me, Sopranos, but one of the best moments of this episode. Svetlana comes out with the vodka, which we know that's kind of a Russian thing. I mean, everybody drinks vodka to some at some point, but like we know that 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 kind of callback or the origin of vodka, and, and they have it, and then we get that. The name of the episode, Prosha Lavushka, which means goodbye, little Livia. And what a way to celebrate Livia, even though we didn't like Livia, but celebrate also Nancy uh, Marshawn as well in real time. I really, really love this scene. Um, anything else I want to add to this before they go to the next scene? Okay. 
Uh, we go to the next scene. They return home, and the guys are there. That's why I was asking, do you think they were, like, creeping into Tony's house or not? But, like, we go back. We go to the next scene, and and Tony walks in, and we see Silvio. We see Paulie, uh, which is interesting because – and Christopher. And then, we know, of course, we're going to see the other guys later. But I think this was, like, a very interesting thing that these are the guys that are immediately – Going like now, nah, we ain't we ain't letting it ride. We coming back. We coming to see the boss right now at this time and at his hour of need. Um, AJ is watching skateboarding and apparently he's into it. Hmm. There's a lot that kind of happens in this scene. Uh, what do y'all get from this scene? This whole interaction with you know with the guys and checking in on Tony. Just the uneasiness around Duff, like people awkward, not really knowing what to say. This is their boss, so you know they don't want to be too soft or consoling, uh, but still they want to show some respect at the same time. So I just just the uneasiness of the whole situation to death, I think, is what this was showing. Hmm. And uh, AJ aloof ass, like you said, is watching skateboard. Like okay, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, I think just to piggyback off that, it shows the um, ability to not have that emotional responsibility. If you are someone who's AJ or his age or a grandchild, mm-hmm. it's a little bit different, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think metal even says, I'm sorry, your mom died. I'm not, she didn't say, I'm sorry, grandma died. I'm sorry. Your mom died. Like this is going to hit you a lot harder than me. You know, they was working on homework and right back to regular shit. It didn't have had that effect. Mm-hmm. Um, Versus the guys, you know, it's one of those things where, you, as you know, Tony, that these are the guys who know Tony the best and they know what it is with with uh, Olivia. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those awkward moments, too. You know, death is already awkward, like Spike just mentioned. It's also I know you ain't even like her for real. Mm-hmm. Like, so what do I even say to really console you or to give you proper words? Because you might not even be hurting. You doing the song and dance the same way we doing the song and dance. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Spike said it earlier, I think uh, his real reaction was you're kidding. It wasn't right. damn. It wasn't. I'm sorry. Like I'm. I'm upset. I'm sad. Yeah. If it was up to him, he wouldn't have no remembrance. He don't want them over there. He want to be by right. himself. He want to chill. Like he uh, wanted yeah. to be the family. He want to watch Citizen Kane. Yeah. Yeah. Up. It's funny. Castile says something very interesting. He says, "We all know how much you loved her." When normally people say, "We know how we know we all know how much she loved you," I thought that was a real interesting and very telling statement. Because normally mothers, that's why I think it's sentimental later at the very end. But like normally we'd be like, well, we know how much she loves you. But there's there's no comfort in that because they all know that <laughs> she was a piece of work. But we all know how much you loved her because he would be leaving the being and going to check on his mother. We even see that in season one. So I thought that was a really interesting statement. And it's one of the uh, funny lines that we get. You know, what are you going to do? And I use that all the time. I promise you I use like that. What are you going to do? Like it fits so many scenarios in life you know uh barb cost to be yeah i was just thinking man there's just that other baggage too that they know they everybody knows that everybody's bullshitting like <laughs> the word was already out, out that you went you went up to the spot yes. and tried to strangle your mom with a pillow like we all know that <laughs> we, we also know like hurt yeah. great call yeah we also great know that call. you never really reconciled that with your mom you know what mm. I mean? So it's it, that that yeah. just adds to the awkwardness. It's just kind of one of those. And not only got to do kill it, her she tried to kill you. Yeah, all of like, us out in the street. Yeah, yeah we got to we got to do this because if you don't, That's what people do. it changes relationships and it's mm-hmm. not proper protocol. Mm. But at the same time, you don't have to do it because 
Mm. But then that would have been the thing. Uh, could, you, could you imagine Tony didn't have a funeral for his mom? And then the, the, yeah. just like they were talking about yeah. Yeah. the alleged shit that happened, how they'll be talking about it behind his back if he didn't do anything. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, Carmela's parents pull up. Um, that speaks volumes to how much they care about Tony. Um, and we get we get a we get a little bit we get a little bit more of their relationship with Tony later down the road. Even more specifically, Tony's father. I don't think. I'm sorry, man. I don't think they care about Tony, really man. That's just the right too. thing to do, man. That's just what you this do is, in those moments. I mean, you that's what you do, you but I, I don't. This I don't. Is Wizard of Oz, Aha, the witches did. I, I, I mean, I get that. I think. I think this. The actual funeral is more of that. I think this moment is like we do care about Tony. We don't care about her. Like nope. that, I, I don't. I don't agree with y'all. I, I, cause, cause the way the father feels about Tony later down season five, that, that, that to me confirms this. Yeah, Without but a doubt. I think he also. I think they also know that they we how we feel about your mom. Fucker. That's, they what, I'm that's like, what I'm saying. They don't. That's what I'm saying. They're not there for episode. the mom though. They're not there for the mom. They there for Tony. They that's why I'm saying. rejoicing that she gone. They could have brought champagne. They trying to make sure if they could have brought champagne, they would have popped that shit when they walked in the door, nigga. Two things could be true. Two things. Nah, that's fair. I'm not saying. You see what I'm saying? I know they hate her. We we get that. We know, but I think that they care about Tony. Like I do think that they care about Tony more specifically. I actually I won't even say the mom cares about Tony. I would say that. Listen, I think the dad does. I don't think the mom does because how she felt about Tony having Gumars, and we. I don't think she really cares that much about. But I do think the dad does because that's what me. I can I can get with you on that because everybody does, and that's the one thing about death that this episode explores. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's tragic and it's messed up, but also you have to do things that you don't want to do. We'll get to it when it's it's time to live your service and how everybody's preparing for it. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to do this shit. I don't want to go to this shit, but you have to. If you don't, you know, it's the sin of all sins. Mm. Well, then let's speak about doing things you don't want to (laughs) do. Barb calls (laughs) Tony. And she's she's all bent out of shape because big sis don't want to show up to her mother's, you know, anything dealing with her mother dying. And so Tony calls and he's going crazy on it on her like right now. My question is only is uh, which is the reason Janice didn't want to come? Is it one? The plane tickets were eleven hundred, which is crazy in 2001 Two, because of Richie's murder or three. She don't do well at funerals. Cause these are all things she's mentioned. What, which one do y'all think is the reason that she really didn't want to come? It was eleven hundred dollars. Eighty broke ass, man. Eighty-five percent plane ticket, fifteen percent Richie, zero percent doing well. Zero. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And she liked to be. She want. I, I feel like she played that card to get Tony to react that way. <laughs> she wanted them to beg her to come and oh, I yeah. mean now you know but you got people like that here. Yeah. All of us know people like that. Yeah. Oh, I don't know, man. I can't re- like I ain't got up. nothing to wear. Did they pull up? Yeah, with I ain't, you know, I don't really um <laughs> stop. Did you peep how she answered the phone though? Uh yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> she is a piece of work. Hey, look. She's a fucking con now, artist. If we want to be a bondsman, you want to talk about Maurice Bondsman. I, I'm gonna be the bondsman for Janice. Only because I'm gonna put her neck and neck with Tony. Like if we gonna love Tony, oh, then... I fuck with Janice. Yeah. Okay. Janice yeah. Is, okay. Yeah. So Janice we wanted a few. The biggest gangster on this show. I'm, like, I'm she not. Might be she's one of them. Yeah. She, now we stop doing that. Stop doing that. Don't do that. Man, Janice gangster, bro. Stop doing that. Episode. We get to the episode. 
Hey, when we get to the episode where I think that she might be more gangster than Tony, I'll point it out. I'm, okay. I can't I, wait I, to get there, but she caught a body and left the town. Tony catches a body, keeps it, keeps it moving. Ain't she, she not a big gang, bigger gangster than Tony? She came back. Yeah, but on who on who called the who called the shots? <laughs> she don't do that. Like, nah, nah, don't do and that. What I'm saying, like she, she's one she of the not only came back, she peeped the scene and she like, oh, I'm finna set up shop. They she got this bitch limping around in my mama house. Oh no, I'm finna <laughs> all of this is over. Dead no, it is. Dennis is a gangster. <laughs> All right, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) She's seen the play three times down the road. Yeah, she's seen the play three times down. I I hear you. I hear you. you. She might be top 10, but we cannot. Nobody's more gangster than Tony in this series. It's just, it's not, but she's in the. And we maybe she'll make top five. We'll see when we get down the road. But that's funny. She set up a play immediately on this episode. Hey, facts. Oh, she she do. Ace's Garage is a play. Like, all she does is make plays. Right. She, so what, was she working at a chicken shop or something? Because, look, I'm this had to be why she got a fast food shirt on. Did she yeah. say Ace's Garage? Ace's Garage. That's, that's for them bill collectors that be called. Oh, so yeah. she ain't got to say Janet Soprano. Oh, Ace's yeah. Garage. Oh, I must have yeah. the wrong number. Click. Like, yeah, yeah. man. She's so, always yeah. thinking of, of a hustle. So how, how much time is, has accrued here? That we're believing from season one to season two. Are we believing a year? Because she's already set up. She has a fiance. I'd imagine this is her fiance's place. Maybe he had a he was doing well before her, and she just moved into this. Doing he, well. I mean, for arguing about working Columbus Day weekend. What you talking? About? In a okay. one bedroom. Okay, this hold on, AJ hold on. over here. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before y'all dog. I'm saying doing well, it, like with her not using any of her her connection to the mob, being her brother and you know other family members, her just living the everyday life where she's not really going to work for anything like that. She's doing all right. She got a whole place. She met some young fiance that bangs her brains out. We'll find out later. Or was that the season before? But like that was the season. Okay, well, season before she got a young she got a young man. It's clearly she older than him by far. So but she's she a doing scam artist though. That's the only nigga that will fuck with her. Say, she was doing I mean, that. She was, was living yeah, off Tony. It's like, work, that, but it's working. It's working. Is it? Yeah, that's, bro, they that's got, their kitchen. Their kitchen is in their living room, bro. They not living <laughs> real long. The kitchen is. Like, hold on, bro. Let kitchen me look. Was right there by the TV, bro. Like, like I said, this nigga eating eggs, and she talking. She she <laughs> literally, he literally is the biggest worry of his day is that his boss asked him to work Columbus Day weekend. That lets you know exactly what's going on in the life of Janice yeah. Sopranos. I'm surprised she ain't yes. changed her name. She probably got a different name for that nigga. She probably definitely had a different, different name. name. He don't even know. He don't even know Janice. Nah, she ain't even Janice, bro. But it's hilarious how Tony's going crazy on her on the phone. Uh, <laughs> how she know how much the ticket was off the top of her head? Because she she looked because she, looked she, it up. she, looked she it up. knew she the play. She, looked she looked it up. She she looked it she up. She knew the play. She, she knew like I'm about to get I, Tony to buy this ticket. Spoiler alert! I ain't alerts. got no money. Spoiler alert! The ticket's not eleven hundred. <laughs> of course not. They put that up. Her and Buddy she, put that up. Oh yeah, she I came. No, it ain't her and Buddy. It's just her. Like it, Buddy was never. He don't know anything. She's never <laughs> coming true. back to Buddy. So he knows nothing. You know what I mean? She. Uh, but uh, I can we get the Harpo spinoff? <laughs> Seriously, Seriously what, can we get what, the? What? <laughs> Please, can we get the Harpo spinoff, man? Come on, man. I, I like to see his life again. No Harpo, bro. I, I'm starting yeah, to you, think that it wasn't no Harpo. Like she made them. Hey, up. P. Did she really yeah. even exist? Did she really even exist? <laughs> right. Did she even exist? Lo- but uh, we'll get there. But I just got. I wonder, like, 
Yeah, okay. I, I yeah. Hey, Tony, Tony funny as hell, bro. Oh, man. Like, yeah. I love, like, when he gets, you know, gets into it with, uh, with, <laughs> you got your sister sobbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he don't know what else to feel. Go just like that. Right. Told, her, told her this case is colder than your tit. Mm-hmm. She was wow. your mother. <laughs> she All that shit, bro. The whole conversation. Gang Gandolfini put on a uh, master yeah. class this episode. Absolutely. And so I, Harpo I, is homeless. Yes. Yeah, y'all yeah, see, yeah. He's homeless. Yeah, he's a street he's person. Homeless, man. Yeah. And Jim, and he don't Tony's so disconnected that he calls him by the wrong name. He called him Harper. Yeah, he Harper. don't even know your yeah, he he's best man. Well, <laughs> well, well, hold on. I, I think that I honestly to be real with y'all, I think the subtitles got it wrong. Because I think mm-hmm. his accent was bended. Because she said his name is How now. So I think he was saying Harpo, but they the subtitles got it Harper. Because I was like, why would he call it Harper? Why do we call him Harper? Oh. But I think that's what I think. But um, I don't knows? know what it was. Either way, I just know that Tony knew the game. As soon as she said the price of that ticket, it's like, oh, you just know offhand how much the ticket is, huh? Okay, then. Cool. And I love when she tried to finesse the second ticket for her, a fiance. Man, fuck that. Now fuck you get him, one sick you. ticket and it's in coach, dude. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to pay for your ticket. I'm doing this shit because it's the right shit. thing to do. The theme along with the rest of the episode. This yeah. is what you're supposed to do in these situations. It's what you're supposed to do in these situations. Out of respect for my father. <laughs> uh, yeah, straight up. So, uh, but I do like, I always like them trying to work things out as a family, especially the Soprano family, uh, Barb, uh, Tony and Janice. I like when they work things out. So that's very interesting. Uh, Tony and Carmela's in bed and it's a quick little scene. And, uh, I wanted to ask what is, what is Tony getting from this black and white film? I mean, I guess it's public enemy at this point. What do you, cause I, I'm. I like that they're weaving this in. I'm not mad at this. This is. I'm cool with. I just don't know what he's getting from it. What do y'all think at this point he's getting from it? You got a like a mob brother and another brother, and the br- one brother's taking care of the mother, and the other guy's making money like on on a dirty way. And I guess the the, the regular brother's like, nah, I got her, and he he basically throws money at him. What do y'all think Tony's getting from this this film? I think he relates to the the main character. Uh, the, the James Cagney do the one that they showed is starring such and such. I think that Tony relates to him and kind of sees himself in that character, kind of the outcast back and forth with his mom is trying to just be, provide for the family and things of that nature. I've never seen the movie, but just throughout this and the scenes that they show Tony watching, it seems that he has some type of relation to it or he empathizes or sympathizes with that character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's the overall theme that the show is trying to show. Or tell us as viewers, um, as a audience, or excuse me, as Tony Soprano's related, I think he's just doing something that's comfortable. We know Tony loves film. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something we picked up on about him, and he's trying to find some kind of peace or comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a it's a stat that most people watch movies that they know the outcome of because there's something about the anxiety of the unknown. Like you know what's gonna happen, you know the ending, the whole Break nine. Down. So I think Break he's just down. trying to do some kind of escape, and he's realizing how much this film parallels with his life because mm. um, the film is about you know it's pretty much an irish american instead of italian american mm-hmm. um street kid just trying to make his way he's trying to he's trying to make it in the world of organized crime mm-hmm. so tony sees himself while also trying to get away from in, in, in order to get away from my main life i gotta go watch somebody else live my main life it's kind of mm-hmm. one of those things mm-hmm. great pool um we we go to the next scene the feds is listening Listening in, and the rest of the crew show up. And who do we see? We see Vito, 
Patsy, Albert, and we see Ralphie Silverado with his crocodile tears. Um, <laughs> first Ralph appearance. First mm-hmm. Ralph appearance, and let me tell you, I am excited, boy. He is one of my favorite characters. He's right there with the Ralph. I mean, uh, with the Phil Leotardos. When when a Ralph era comes in, it's time to cook. But I will speak more to that later. But man, I am happy to see Ralph Silverado. <laughs> I Did you mind you them just dropping him in here? Like, they, oh, I, I feel uh, like the Sopranos is a good show where they don't have to really explain mm-hmm. the characters. We can just roll somebody in. He been in mm-hmm. Miami whatever it may be and now he back trying to be captain i, I, I like the fact that mm-hmm. we won't have to go through this whole formal introduction and get no background and shit mm-hmm. just insert plug and play uh yeah, man, i love that fact I, lo- I love that you bring it up spike because all tv shows especially the prestige ones the ones that you love these characters kind of become i don't want to say family but they come like become like friends mm-hmm. yeah that's your world so it's like, almost like we visit in the house too and we mm-hmm. don't know Ralphie. If I visited y'all and y'all introduced me to somebody, oh, y'all obviously vouching for him. Yeah. Like, so mm-hmm. this dude must be cool because y'all with him too. So it's almost like viewers, we get that same effect. Mm-hmm. Like whoever this dude is, everybody cool with him. He here in a moment mm-hmm. of like, you know, uh tragedy. You know, so he must be okay. So I don't need Thanks. to know nothing else. We'll get all the rest of the pieces along. Mm-hmm. And as we get to know more, I think it does more for his character too. It yeah. does. We don't even know he's supposed to be a big player. Right. We just know it's some new dudes. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, Furio was a new dude too, but we see outside of the first episode where he came back in Rex Shop, mm-hmm. you know, he's pretty yeah. much been doing mundane work. Yeah. yeah. Ralphie gets to it off the jump. Yeah. <laughs> uh I did want to ask. And y'all, I, I I probably have an idea how y'all feel, but I'm gonna go for it anyway. I think a Ralph trait, and we ain't there yet, but I think a Ralph trait, he has a thing about his his internal family. He said we lost our mother, we lost mother last year, um, and we'll see we'll see a later scene down the road about a family member of his that is going through something that it, it hits Ralph to the core. Uh, do y'all think this is genuine for Ralph as far as what he feels? Cause he no. he looked like he got real tears. Like he's really yeah. over here with the no. Yeah, he's he probably he's probably good actor. He lost his mama, right? He feels sad because he lost his mama. He thinking about that. He don't give a fuck about Tony. So, but you do and think he feels something? Uh, maybe a little bit. It's probably might be a shot at Tony. Like Tony might yeah. not even have done anything, or he might have given his like proper respects and you know the envelope and all that. But facts outside of that, he probably no check in. That's why he hit remember? him with the. That's I think though why he specifically you said you remember. Yeah, he's probably some sideways Ralph shit. <laughs> Ralph just a different dude, man. You can't you can't predict Ralph. Ralph. He's definitely unpredictable. He's I I tell you what I will say, and we'll get further down the road, and we'll we'll get more exhortation on Ralph. But like, I'm going to say it right now for all those Soprano fans and all those on IG and Twitter and whatever, stop comparing Ralph to uh, Richie April. They are not the same people. I am so tired of seeing people post, oh, this is the same version, but he's just, they're not the same, bro. Like, Ralph doesn't have moxie. Ralph is not a tough guy. We ain't there yet, but, like, I hate when I see this. It bothers me so much. I'm like, oh, they're the same. They're same people on two different sides of the coin. No, they are not, bro. So anybody oh, like, listening. So strongly, what make you feel so strongly that they're not, though? Because they're not. Because... <sighs> 
One might say that Ralphie got a little bit more moxie than, than Richie. I was going to say Ralphie might got Ralphie Richie, know how to man. move. No, no, Ralphie no, no, know how no. to move, negotiate, because play the game, still Ralph, do what he need to do. Ralphie, because one, because one of them, one of them is one of them is a tough guy, and one of them is a uh, uh, is a earner, is a hustler. Richie, Ralphie wasn't no bitch though. Man, come on. When, when, when we see Ralphie Ralph get tough, no, 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 no. When we see Ralphie get tough, it's one time, and it's when his. Uh, Jackie Jr. comes around and he knew he could get it off. That's the only time we see Wait, Ralphie get tough. Let me ask you this. Did anybody right. do anything? Huh? And we'll get to that later. Yeah. We'll get to it later. But you saying he the only time you think he's tough. They let him get that off. Okay. In a room full of gangsters, they let him get that off. It wasn't a room full of gangsters there. It was him and Jackie Jr. Are we talking about the two different situations? Yeah, well, I'm talking about with Jackie Jr. About, like he I thought you were talking about the gladiator shit. He now well we get there, but like he he'll call shots, no mm -hmm. doubt. But mm -hmm. he's not he's not Richie. Like Richie, he Ralph gets his hands G, dirty. Like they're not know, the same bro. people. If we want to make comparisons, I'm sure later down the road we could find a closer comparison with Richie. But like I hate when I, I get I get it. I get it. I do. I'm sorry. Well when people say saying. it, when people yeah, say that, you get it. I get it. Especially from an adversarial standpoint to Tony. Like, okay, he serves the space. Yeah. yeah, but they're not alike. They are though. No, they not. I don't think you're doing. You ain't doing Ralphie to a, a lot of justice. Nah, bro, they not alike. You just got off Ralphie's cool way more intelligent than and then uh. When we get done with this, I feel like a full comparison is needed. Okay. We, do you we, feel? We, my fault, Mo. Do you feel like the slightest? Like when you say this, are you feeling like the slightest to Richie or is the slightest to Ralphie? It's not. It's not a, make that comparison. It's not a slight to anyone. It's just a people. It's like that when people do the top five rapper list, and then they all gotta have like, oh, this is the the undoubtable top five, and it's like if people go with the same thing, and it's like to me when they, it's not a slight to anyone. Both of them are five characters. It's just they're not the same. Their origin, their upbringing, everything about them to me, they serve the same space as the adversary to Tony. We'll see that later with, with Ralph, but they are not the same. Like people be like they're the same on the other side and they're not. Like I get they want to, the only thing they to me have in common, I can't, I don't even want to reveal it, but like a, a, a love interest. That's, that's about as far as I'm going to go with it. But a love interest is the only thing they got in common. But like they, they just put too much stake on it. And when I see it, I just be like, stop, bro. I, I, I think it's just what you said earlier. I think it's the space. Like he okay. definitely one hundred percent, no question. He takes up the space that Richie left void. Mm -hmm. I think that's why those comparisons come. Yeah, it's easy to do that. He is a thorn in Tony's side, and we've definitely. known from the same way we knew off rip that Richie was going to be that way. We know that about Ralphie too. Okay, like this episode when we lead this episode, we know. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, <laughs> hey, Sounds it reminds me. Of, I hate to. I keep. I hate to keep making crossover references. <laughs> But the season three of the wire, one of them niggas came in Stringer's office like, "Yo, Marlo is a problem." I think Bodie came in and told him like, "Yo, he is a problem, bro. Like, this is Thanks. something we need to handle." That's mm -hmm. how I feel about Ralphie. Ralphie is a problem. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So they, so Tony goes outside to have a meeting with Gigi, Albert, and Ralphie, and Tony says, "Hold on, I gotta get this line." Cause this is gonna confirm what I said last season when y'all was like, "Nah, that's what they do." And even one of our listeners, so Tony says, "All right, who gave the order to torch one of Albert's trucks?" <laughs> and then Albert says, "One of the trucks." So he repeats what Tony says. This, this, the dumb. He's dumb. 
I told y'all, he's dumb. <laughs> like y'all was like, oh, that's what he's doing to be a I douche. He no, was being no, he's no. dumb. He's a dumb. I thought he was being sarcastic. <laughs> I still thought he was being sarcastic. I, nah, I thought he was being like one of the trucks. <laughs> this nigga fucked up my whole operation. Nah, but like, I, I took it as that too. I, I ain't gonna hold you. I don't think he's doing that like it is an intentional thing. I think I he's just emphasizing <laughs> it. Nah, bro, he got a period. And when I look at when we look at the subtitles, it's a period, not a question mark or exclamation. This guy is not all the way there, bro. He's a meathead because then he asks his orders from Ralph, and Ralph is not the boss. I mean, he's not a capo. So I'm telling you, I I knew it when we watched it with him. Come on, with Richie, I was like, nah, I think dude ain't all the way there, bro. And this confirmed it. So I I just I could not wait to get here and talk about it over there because I like nah, this dude a little he ain't all his elevator don't go all the way up, bro. Be honest, but um, I thought it was a hilarious line from Ralph when Ralph says he says, "Hey, you are your capo when I make you a capo, and I'll turn the hearing aid up." <laughs> Hearing, so I don't miss it. Just letting you know. So this I don't you know you ain't fucking with Tony. Yo, right? I look. This is why I love Ralphie because he's not like he's such a rebel, bro. Like, don't get me wrong, he can get marked off, he can get whacked, but he's such a rebel. And I just, I love this. He makes so much money, he know like it ain't yeah. gonna be comfortable for a nigga to just take me out. He's a real hustler. He's, bro. he's a real. I do hustler. see what you're saying now. Uh, Albert said that Tony kind of looked at him like, nigga. <laughs> he said, "This is not the time to speak out, Albert." <laughs> he, said, no, he said, "Quiet, Albert." <laughs> Because he know he's going to say something dumb. Here's what I don't. And this this might be something I even say on me. Yeah. That you brothers might be able to help me with. I, they in the same crew, but they blowing up each other's shit for the same contracts. Like, why is this not that everybody eats? I know I know we had the same thing with, Rick, with Richie as well when they had the meeting when he brought Jackie with him. Mm-hmm. And Albert was a part of that meeting also. Um I'm, I guess I never understood the landscape of how these garbage contracts work as far as how they get paid to the yes. point where you would be blowing up a fellow like you two. Are, you two can meet at Tony Soprano's house mm-hmm. and have that conversation. Why couldn't you have a conversation beforehand before it got out of hand? Yeah, uh, I think that Ralph, his issue is Ralph is Ralph is ready to be capo. He makes more than Gigi. That's my interpretation. He makes more than Gigi. We're going to see throughout this season. He doesn't respect Gigi. He's the captain. Uh, Gigi took over Richie April's crew. Uh, but Ralphie's make makes more money. I'm looking at Ralphie says the risk is worth it to him almost. I'm still make. I got other rackets. Like I got other things working. I can blow up your trucks because really he's anxious. I'm ready to be capo. I should have been capo. So I... I feel like he knows he's making so much money. I should be captain. Maybe give me my own crew instead of being under Gigi because he don't respect Gigi at all. You know, he don't respect Paulie later down the road because he know what time it is. So, uh, I mean, Johnny Sack and some other characters talk about Ralphie and how much he, he, he really makes a bag when it comes to making money in the mob. So I think that his issue is like they're they're moving at a slower pace and he really don't like it. Now I don't know what the internal beef is, but I definitely think he's just anxious to be capo. That that's he's willing to lose that money to make a point. Hmm. You think you think otherwise? I'm just, uh, I'm just trying to I, I think that they got two different companies, right? The the person who's the head of the crew to both of them in is gone, right? No, Gigi is. Gigi no, Gigi's not you. You ahead. He's not nothing yet. Oh, so Gigi hasn't gotten the news about anything. But Junior said Junior said that somebody was. So, oh, Gigi was doing a good job. Okay. So yeah, not to jump too far ahead. Gigi eventually is appointed, but as of right now, yeah. there is no lead of that crew. Oh, okay. Junior so does in this fresh. episode okay. say 
Richie took over Richie's, or excuse me, Ralphie yeah. took over Richie's crew. He's doing a good job. He's a good earner. Yada, yada, yada. And that's, that's why I'm thinking the internal beef is coming because Richie, like you just said, Mo, mm. he's, I'm climbing the ladder. Like, I ain't, I don't even care if the contract's supposed to be yours. I got more power. I got more money. And I got a trash company, too. I'm getting you out of here, which is where the turmoil come in because I think my boy is like, well, this ain't how it goes. Like, I'm supposed to be next. We had some... Our clergy system was tight. We had some structure and some order when Richie was here. And now all the structure and the order gone. And, and um, Ralphie just came and put his dick on the table. Like, mm. y'all finna have to just bow down. I think okay. that's where the conflict comes from. There's no head of the snake over there. Mm. Yeah, you know what? You may be right. He's up for the grab, yep. Yeah, because yeah. that was the issue for underboss or, you know, the next coming boss after uh, Jackie April uh, in season one with, between Junior yeah. and Tony. So it's you're right. Vacuum, it, the, yeah, power yeah. vacuum. Yeah, I think cool. so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I like it. But there was a, a Tony says no more fires. Wink, wink. <laughs> for foreshadowing. Uh, for those that are already Soprano fans, I know what we're talking about. But for those that don't know, just strap on your seatbelt and just join the ride, man. Uh, it's going to be a funny, interesting line because we're going to hear it again in this episode. Um, but yeah, uh, the Sopranos at the funeral home. Janice doesn't want to look like this unloving broke broke kids and she wants to honor her mother. Uh there's a lot of things <laughs> Tony says there's a lot of things I could say but I'm not going to say right now. Bro, I almost fell out my seat laughing. Cuz this is not the moment cuz Tony said that before in season 2 when they were eating at the table. And he says that like I just want to honor my mother. Oh there's a lot of things so obviously she's done a lot of dishonorable things. That doesn't fit the bill. But uh, what did y'all get from this scene of them trying to set up something? They, things escalate pretty fast from, uh, you know, originally just doing a, what did Tony want? Uh, the ashes and the urn situation. Uh, and then mm -hmm. things kind of change really quickly. Uh, what did y'all gather from this scene real quick? Man, this, <laughs> we keep shouting out other shows that had similar stuff. This reminds me of the Ozark scene when my man was in there, his mom died and my man was in there trying to sell him all the bullshit mm -hmm. to the funeral. This dude right here keep referring to their mom as mom. He keep trying to be more endearing to get mm -hmm. them to spend money. And then it works on Janice. And all of a sudden, like you said, we go from an urn to now we spending money. And this dude did it perfectly. He yeah, sold he the shit out of their ass. And uh, Janice is going through the motions, man. Like, again, she just gauging to see where the bread at. Like, where am I going to be able to strike? And this right here was one of the ones where she strike. Now she all upset. Now you got to have a funeral. Uh, strong Janice scene. Mm -hmm. And the funeral director. Strong scene from him, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Um, clear Godfather reference as well. Mm -hmm. uh, when he uh, goes see the guy at the funeral home about Sonny. Just the way the camera pans, the way the elevator yeah, stops, the door open, all of that. Head. You know, I'll use all my powers. That's all Make straight sure from the Godfather. Right so. Um, I love Tony to tell you, all right, don't go crazy. Like, relax. Mm -hmm. <laughs> relax on my living. It ain't all that. You're doing all that. Yeah, take it easy. Yeah, man. Just that knowing of Tony, we know how he feels, but he actually opens out, you know, ask out loud, you know, is she here? You know, is mom here? You know, mm -hmm. Janice is pushing for his service. Barb starts making that look. And then you start getting into, you know, not honoring people's wishes because they're not around anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, funerals as are, you know, well known. These are for the living, not for the ones who have passed. Mm -hmm. That's how we cope with things as the ones who are still on the earth. Mm -hmm. So right. they made a clear representation of that by not honoring her mom's wishes, which Carmelo will talk about later. 
and trying to have his funeral because it makes them feel better about the loss because they don't know how to properly cope with the fact that their mother wasn't shit. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a good quote unquote mother to them. Yeah. You know, so um, I love how Janice is saying all this won't fall on Tony when everybody knows that's, some, that's nonsense. She offering up the money like she has it, like she's the one paying it. Um, and just Tony, man, just classic Tony and Janice. I don't want any of that California bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what we're doing. That's it. Just getting coached in by family. Yeah. Yeah. Says he wanted to draw a picture for the for right. the program. Cause she has cause she's always been known to have a gift. Janice <laughs> wild. Mexican yeah, she, day of the dead. Janice yeah, is insane, man. Bear. Uh God. but when they get outside, did y'all notice this? Did I don't know if it stood out to y'all, but it stood out to me. This episode seemed like it was shot differently. When they get outside and they're having that conversation, like you're talking about, oh, I'll draw this or I'll paint this or whatever. It seemed like the if felt high definition the color the close-ups did this did this episode feel like it was shot different to y'all because it felt like that to me the more i kept watching it from this scene from this scene on it felt like they were shooting this like almost like a a miniature movie within it but i don't know if y'all do y'all agree or do y'all feel like it was shot more clear it just looks a lot more clear to me from a cinematography standpoint than the other seasons yeah, to me, yeah, yeah right here, this the this moment right here, and shit, yeah, different. I think the camera's probably upgraded and shit like that. I'm sure, mm. but it does look more new, more HD quality. Mm. In my, if that's what you're saying, yeah, okay, I see that. Maybe that 250 grand is part. That's a part of the. <laughs> that's yeah, part of that. Be. I get, I get what you're saying exactly. I wonder. I wonder how much those CGI dragons on Game of Thrones cost. Oh. That little shit right there was 250. Oh. Man. God, Jesus. They was in the millions. They was on the millions. Damn. Damn. Bro, the, what's the recoup? That's my question. Man. What's the recoup? Because I, I got to recoup to keep doing it. Man, freaking. Yeah. I ain't, don't even get me started on Thrones. Bro, you know, Thrones makes me. We're I know. Y'all know how we do. Yeah, look, they, somebody the waiting. Please do Thrones. Y'all need to do Thrones. On the throne. Somebody. Do, niggas on the throne. Well, it's not happening. It's not going to be <laughs> niggas on the throne. I don't know why you fighting it, man. Man, it's not. It's it's going to be. What did I say? Uh, what is it? The 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 Night's Watch. No, what was it? The Black <laughs> Nigga Watch. Nigga watch. <laughs> no, it wasn't Nigga Watch. Niggas it was uh, was it the Black niggas at uh, the Wall? No, yeah, it was the, uh, the wall. I'm trying to think one of the locations. It was a uh, Black ah, niggas in the North. Black Kings a nigga, Landing. A nigga, a lot of ways. A nigga has no face. <laughs> Niggas has no. Black Kings Landing. That's probably what it was. Black Kings Landing. Something like that. When is coming, nigga? <laughs> when is coming, nigga? When is like, coming, nigga? When is coming, uh, nigga? Shit. That's that's a great. That's a yeah. That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> we go. We, we gonna get you on it. We gonna get no, you. No, I'm on not. I, 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 y'all gonna have to cast somebody else because I am not. <laughs> <laughs> like if you think I'm going, but that's going to be the title on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You are ridiculously crazy. Hey, I'm weak, man. Oh man, but now, uh, <laughs> uh, we get. Did we get a Melfi a Melfi scene last episode? No, we okay. didn't. All right, so it feels fresh. And I gotta say, the legs are back, baby. Um, but Melfi does a great job at letting him talk. Yeah, I, I know y'all noticed that and. And she's always being transparent at the fact that she didn't really rock with Livia. She was one of the first people, if the only, that was saying, like, maybe your mother was behind the hit. And and I, I really respect what she was doing. Tony was kept talking. She wasn't saying anything. He kept talking. She wasn't saying anything. Uh, what did y'all gather from this therapy scene? It's so good to see Lorraine Brocco here. 
Uh, seriously, like I, you, you realize I miss this presence. A lot of people be like, man, we could have did without it, but not me. Uh, what should I get from the scene, though? I love how this is the one place. Therapy continues to be the one place where Tony gets everything real. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like everything that he really needs versus what he wants or what's like supposed to be done always mm-hmm. happens in the therapy office. Because Tony starts out by saying, what, no condolences, no, I'm sorry. No, nothing. Because that's what he's expect. He's used to that now. Everybody's been bullshit. I'm saying all this because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Then he then he immediately realizes, like, well, fuck it. I'm glad you didn't. Because mm-hmm. I'm tired of all that. I'm tired pretty much of the fake love and yada, yada, yada. Um, it's a relief, man, because he said she's glad he's glad she's dead and he mm-hmm. wished she died and just yeah. use some other choice language mm-hmm. for his mother. <laughs> um, and it goes back to what I said earlier, or excuse me, what Spike said earlier, that that first reaction or Mo, you might have said it, my bad, but you kidding. Like, that's how he truly feels. He doesn't he's not upset. And he mm. might be a little confused as to why he's not more upset about the way, uh, you know, like he should. You know, I just lost my mom. I should be feeling differently than this, mm-hmm. but I don't. And I, here's why I don't, because X, Y, and Z and just gets it all out. Um, and even tries to quit therapy again because he's like, you know, she's dead. And he's relating to the fact that it. she's the root of all his problems, but it's really not as much deeper than him. It's within him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, man. And, and she mentioned, too, ch- children always wait, not just somebody who wanted they, you know, whose mom wanted them dead. But when an aging parent starts to lose it a little bit, kids are kind of selfishly saying, like, yo, when she dies, it's going to make my life a little easier. Mm-hmm. And Tony doesn't know how to wrap that around because he doesn't want to be a bad son, as he mentioned. Hmm. What say you, Spike? I think he spoke to the relief that he had, too. Mm-hmm. On everything mm-hmm. Rich said, absolutely. But he spoke to the relief, and it goes to the personality that we know Tony has, but we like him as the anti-hero. His first thought was, Oh, I'm relieved. My mom isn't going to be able to testify against me now. That was the originally. You're kidding me. Mm-hmm. Then he had to act like the grief and all of those things. So I think to him finally admitting that, I love the glimpses of his real personality that come out in these sessions, or mm-hmm. just sometimes when he can't avoid or hide who he is when he's not acting uh, fake or what he think people want him to be. I love this is a very transparent scene by Tony Soprano. Yes, it is. It's. <sighs> I'm not trying to be Maurice Bell's bondsman, but like it's a sad thing when we find out that he's a sociopath. Uh, for those that are new listeners, new watchers of the show, don't worry. We, we're not going to reveal anything more than that. Y'all find out on this road. It's a sad thing that he, he reveals a sociopath, but it just always these moments make me wonder, like, how much of that could he have not been that? We, you know, I don't know the research on sociopaths and, and psychopaths. Like, is it a just a genetic thing? Is it a uh, environmental thing? Is it a, you know, I don't know the details of it, but it's a sad thing here that it's like, if his childhood was different, would he have been different? You know, it, it's so much to it. Cause I, I'm, I, when I look at Janice and when I look at Tony, I just be like, like, cause Barb, I think she was just too young. And by the time she was old enough, she probably was right out the house immediately versus them two. They got all of the kind of the bad years. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm actually Barb might have, you know, got older and her and Johnny was already gone. So it's like them two got the bad end of the stick, so to speak. And it's like, dang, could he have not been it? You know, so because because his concern more is like, I, I just want to be a good son. You know, he cares more about that than actually his mother dying. So I don't know. I just, I did want to ask though, 
<clears throat> do y'all think that they were considering going away from the therapy sessions since things were already rearranging story-wise with, you know, Nancy Marchand passing away? And this moment, he's like, so she's passed. That's it. Do y'all think that that was a possibility ever, or y'all think that was going to always be on the table? That's a good question. I think, I think that that was always on the table. Hmm. I think the therapy was always going to be. I think the show was about mental health and psychology first, and it just happened to be about a mobster. I don't think they would have gotten away from that. Hmm. I think otherwise. I think the way because David Chase intended for this to be a movie, and the initial for season one, so the whole ther- uh, mobster and therapy that was the kind of the, the the twist, the bar. And him like wanting to murder his mom and all that, whatever. Like originally it was gonna be a movie, and then it became a series, and so on and so forth. To me, it almost seemed like they kept kind of teetering with the idea. Maybe we go away from it. Maybe it serves this, but we'll move away from it. And I'm glad they stayed with it. Um, but it, I don't know if it because later down the road there was times where I, I've seen, I've heard things where they wanted to end it after season four. They say, okay, after season five, we're ending it. So they had these moments of they wanted to end the whole series like like this is it at moments. And I'm, we'll get more information. I mean, we got we got great guys on this team right here, but I don't know. It, it seemed like here they were kind of considering that, but maybe it was never on the table. I don't know. Um, but nonetheless, it is what it is. Uh, we get a quick scene. Ray Curdo, one of uh, one of the mob guys, uh, he's he just quickly he's meeting with feds. And he's asked, do you want to wear wire? And the cop is like, mm, yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, we, we know that he got locked up with McKazian in season one. So he was there at the brothel uh, when they were, you know, getting their getting joints copped, uh, what Tony used to frequent. So that's a great callback to season one when he got arrested. And we find out, oh, he was a rat. That's, that's the whole reason he even got out of that whole situation. Um, I don't know if y'all want any more from that situation. Okay. All right. Uh, Janice, how willing, how willing he is oh, to give man. up information compared Super to P, complex. like stringing it along. Like, he, he couldn't wait. You want me to wear a wire? He, yeah, he, <laughs> the cop, like, ah, yeah, why not? Uh, Janice is in the basement of, Liv- uh, of Olivia's house, and Tony's coming through, and he's checking in, and they're, you know, they're having a little family moment. I really enjoyed this. Tony puts her in a headlock and gives her a noogie. Hey, dog. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what did y'all get from this scene and, like, kind of the memorabilia that they're showcasing? Uh, in this moment. First of all, back to Janice the scammer. <laughs> trying to find a dead spot in the wall with the, the hammer and the glass to see if his money behind the wall mm-hmm. isn't fucking insane. And it shows to I think she thinks I'm down. That's why she wanna stay in that house mm-hmm. and really have time to really dig in. But yeah, well it it shows and we saw this last season in the Richie uh scene like it shows the relationship that tony and her have they go back and forth they really get at each other but those two have a bond being like you said more that they were the two in the house dealing with livia they kind of bond over that they don't really never know how to express it there's a few scenes throughout the series but we get this uh from her and tony again the one with richie right here a couple later but i think it does a really good job of showing the connection that they have based off how badly mom treated them mm-hmm What about you, uh, Rich? No, that's, that's 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 well said, man. That Janice the glass to the wall is wild. <laughs> um, Tony teasing Jan, or not? Yeah, Janice. Excuse me. Um, there was a subtle moment where he mentioned that you know 
he said my therapist, but we know he's talking about Melfi, told him that not all women are cut out to be mothers. Mm-hmm. And she said, was that a dig at her? And he said, no. And then he mentions that, you know, if dad was in the Cirque du Soleil or something like that, then mm-hmm. I could have been like, how? And the irony of it is Janice completely disregards it and it goes straight into another conversation. Mm-hmm. Like she's not even present enough to talk about or have a conversation about her son. And it goes right into like, you know, am I yeah. a good mother? Is that a shot at me? But you're not even willing to have it. So I just love that duality that they showed us right there. <laughs> Uh, but also, I think this episode was the only time and the only few moments, because they didn't even spend the whole episode doing it, but kind of giving us a little background. Mo, you mentioned it earlier. We didn't get enough about the reason we love Tony Soprano, or, or at least can understand him, is because we we are given those moments about what made him the way he is. Mm-hmm. We don't know anything about that about Olivia. You know what I mean? So this moment, him, her, us realizing that she saved Tony's stuff. Um, I love the callback to the varsity letter. Um, we all know what the making of a varsity athletes means in the Sopranos world, mm-hmm. but barely has any of Barb and, and Janice, but has all of Tony's stuff. Mm-hmm. It kind of gives us one of those moments where, damn, did they really know each other? And also the reality of it's too late to even find out. Mm-hmm. So yep. they do a good job of showing us a little bit more of Jan, uh, excuse me, of Livia, but it all doesn't, it doesn't matter because she's not coming back. So now mm-hmm. we finally get in the other side and it's a little too late. So I took that away from this scene in particular. Mm, wow. That's a great pull. I, I, I always, <laughs> me and my sister laugh about we uh, roll bounce where <laughs> Bow Wow is beating up the car. <laughs> She's not coming back, Dad. She's not coming back. Like, we we, we use that all the time. Uh, so <laughs> this is kind of one of those moments she's not coming back. But it is a very interesting thing that you're saying that, like, she kept some of Barbara's stuff, kept Tony's stuff, but there's nothing with Janice. And that speaks to season two when Janice was taking her out of the hospital, how she was telling the nurse about what Janice had done when she was young. And then also Junior talking about, my, you watch that, watch my little niece. So it speaks to uh, Janice always having some kind of finesse happening. But what makes what what makes something interesting to me is like if it was the other way around, if Janice had already passed and Johnny Boy was still alive, I almost feel like Johnny Boy possibly could have kept would have kept some of her stuff. I feel like she was closer with him based on the uh, down neck episode, the flashback. She even though he was utilizing her to kind of get some some rackets off, but I feel like if it was Johnny Boy, maybe there would have been a little bit more memorabilia. But um. Very great scene. I do like, uh, before we move on, I do like the little noogie moment that he's doing with her, even though she's big sis. He does that. I love when Tony is childish like he was in season one on Boca when he was tickling uh, Carmella, trying to get the information about Uncle Junior Gibbs' head. You know, that. And then even later when he does like this little prank on Carmella, I love when he's childish. Like, he don't get a lot of that, especially being a mob boss. So I really, really, really enjoyed that. Um Next scene, uh, we get Livia's funeral, and we get a shot of uh, young Nancy. She had it kind of going on back then. I thought it was a pretty good shot of her. Like you, could, I could see her, you know, being big time back then. You know, I thought it was a a good shot. But we get a lot of different people showing up. We're getting a great ensemble on on, on this uh, scene. It's a lot of a lot of things to cover here. So I want to see some things that stood out to y'all in regards to this uh, Livia funeral. I start with you, Spike. My nigga Seal was mad about missing the Jets game, <laughs> bro. That was funny. Bro. Um, 
I think this was furthering the point of everybody just going through the motions because this is what you th they think you're supposed to do when someone's passed. I mean, that's the social contract that we've all signed. These are things that happen at funerals. So everybody is halfway tuned in, halfway going through the motions. And it's halfway just is a collection. Reach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe 25%. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just think it shows like everything that how little respect they had for the ceremony and the situation that was going on. Nobody really gave a fuck. Nobody cared. You're right. What about you, Rich? Same. Like I, I mentioned it earlier, just everybody doing what they have to do. Uh, we get the Jackie Jr. snub. That's an example of that. Mm. Comes in, says sorry, keeps it moving. Obviously, Rosalie has to, you know, uh, cape for him and let him know, like, oh, he's disrespectful. I'm going to handle it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but yeah, still going off about the Jets game <laughs> with football season rolling up. That's something I can definitely relate to. Yes. Like, man, I can't believe I got to go to this bullshit because <laughs> instead of watching <laughs> my team, um, you know, Chris Furio and A taking bomb rips and doing yeah, lines, yeah. you know, flowers from the feds. Anything flowers from the feds. Things. They never would send Tony flowers, but right. we see it earlier. Tony sends them the gift baskets on Christmas because it's an occasion. Mm -hmm. They do it on the funerals because it's an occasion. Yeah, we're chasing you. But yeah. There's some humanity to this. That social contract, as uh, Spike just mentioned. So you see more of that. Um, Junior coming in, I thought that was a great moment, obviously. Yeah. And we, yeah. we get a little foreshadowing when Bobby said his dad is very ill as well. Mm -hmm. That's something we're going to get to see a little bit in, in a few episodes. Um, and then also, mm -hmm. one important moment is you have Tony talking to the assemblyman and also the reverend. You have mm -hmm. one brother who's black and one brother who's Jewish. Mm -hmm. and you got metal looking over like you motherfucker. <laughs> Great the hypocrisy. Lord. The hypocrisy mm -hmm. of you. I can't you, you, believe it. Yeah, I, I brought this guy to our crib. Yeah, but right. here you are shaking hands, smiling, playing right. a role with these two dudes when that's the same. These are the same two same, people combined that you have an issue yeah. with, with Noah. Kiki and hi hi. <laughs> Yeah, man, and that's how funerals are. Like everybody's yeah. kind of doing their own thing. It's gonna roll into the repast as well, but mm -hmm. nobody's really there. At some point, you just kind of make your own jokes, get your own drinks. What time can we get up out of here? Yeah, um, looking at Moses. Junior just—we've seen this with Junior. His um, fascination, I guess, at this point with death, and knowing that he's closer to it than obviously the beginning, and just you know they're dropping like fucking flies. He can't get over that because he knows that soon it's gonna be him, and he's next. Um, <laughs> Tony fucking with him. I'm talking about the charcoal broil. Oh, uh, bro, I got I got to talk um, about that. <laughs> yeah, man, he needs to talk to Carm, kind of setting yeah. everything straight. Um, and also Junior asking AJ how the surfboard surfboard that he got him. If y'all remember in season one, yeah. Junior made a comment about buying a kid a surfboard that was four hundred dollars. Yeah, so all of that stuff tying back up, just incredible, right? I thought he was talking about Chris in that though. When he season one, I thought he was talking about Christopher. No, he's talking about AJ. Oh, I guess I gotta. I thought AJ had a. Uh, it was something they, going on with AJ. That's the reason why Olivia was oh, making okay, Ziti. Remember, yeah, no he fucking was, Ziti? Right, because it was yeah, his he, birthday or something. He was talking to, uh, he was talking to Mikey Palmisi, and, and he was like, man, I'm telling you what we should do is, like, hey, we're not shooting a Western. And then, yeah, he's like, I bought his kid. A, yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, I thought it was, Dev, uh, I thought it was funny, like you said, the junior, like Tony tells junior, it's all about, it's, I, I, I told y'all about <laughs> charcoal broiled meat. <laughs> <laughs> he said, y'all ate that back in the day. He said, nobody told us to the 80s. Bro, charbroiled meat directly on charcoal. Bro, I was crying when I see this. Who puts ribs on the charcoal? Oh, man. I can't believe y'all still alive. 
that's that's the first thing. Secondly, <laughs> like uh, Uncle Julia, he steps up and he speaks to Carmella, which I respected this to the highest. And she says, "I'll behave how Tony wants. I don't want to add to to the stress. If only, if only we seen more of this from women today." That's all I wanted to say. Like, man, I oh, wish man. I Yo, Mo, you know, going there. Bro. You know what I'm saying? I just Woo-hoo. wish we would have, you know. Come on. Y'all act like y'all agree. <laughs> That's all right. We'll I see. Y'all, y'all hit me in the text. That's all right. I got y'all. <laughs> Go ahead on and cook. Look, Chef y'all going to leave me out there with the island of all. Absolutely. Man, we a glorified crew. Is it just me now? Like, <laughs> My nigga Mo just went there. He said, fuck hey. it. Hey, you know, what I'm I mean, seriously, I mean, come, come on, though. Like, like, I respect that because in the other side, if it was the woman and if she lost somebody, we, I'm going to be whatever you need me to be. I'm going to act exactly how you want me to act in the meantime. So it's real. I, right? I did have one small. No, nah, I, I, I feel what you're saying. I just uh-huh. I don't know if I'd, I, I don't know if I'd have said the quiet part out loud. But uh, <laughs> all right, man. Go I did have one question, though. Just minor question. What did y'all think about Furio doing lines and hanging out with Chris like that? Because we we way too close always... to Adriana, first of all. Like, mm. <laughs> oh, speaking of too close. Too oh, well, hold on. Well, yeah, that was way um, too close. I don't know. That was kind of a. I mean, I I, I guess what I believe is they're probably he, uh, Furio. Either he might have seen it in American culture, American TV, or something, or maybe he was doing that back then because we remember when Chris was in uh, on commendatory. When he immediately recognized one of Furio's guys had the holes on his arm because he was doing, you know, he was, you know, doing heroin. So I don't know if that's how they give it up over there in Italy at this time as far as the mob culture goes. So maybe Furio was already familiar with that or it was American culture. I don't know. That was definitely you're right. It was uh, definitely thrown me off. I think he's familiar. I think he just oh, he's he getting loose. He's getting accustomed to Everything over here, he knew about it over there. He just had to find his way, get okay. in with people and shit. Now he done found his crowd. Okay, doing lines, smoking weed, making jokes about Survivor. You know what I'm saying? He's just getting acclimated. Okay, mm. I did want to ask okay. y'all. Uh, Good point. Uh, Richie, I only brought that up. My fault, yeah. Mo. I only brought okay. that up because we were introduced to Furio as this like he about his business. He, oh, he didn't yeah. strike me as the type like, that was on that. So yeah, 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 yeah. So that's why it crossed my mind. But my bad, Mo. What were you gonna say? I was going to say we get a we get a scene where Carmela is talking to Ralph and it makes me think about season four, how Ralph told Tony how lucky he was to have a woman like Carmela. I don't never say that to your niggas, y'all. If you out there listening, don't ever say that to your man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't 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 say that. Like, that's not the move. Like, boy, you women don't ever say that to your girls. None of that shit. Just like, yo. That's an ad in itself. <laughs> yeah, man. Don't 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 do it. Don't ever say like you're lucky to. Like that is the dirty macking uh preseason. Dirty <laughs> That's dirty macking preseason. Um Junior pinches AJ's face. Boy, I hated that. Like when people used to do that to me, like or in the noogie, like I started man, anyways. Um and Junior right here we get that what uh uh Richie I mean Rich was referring to earlier. Junior says that Ralph should become capo because he brings in funds um when Richie died. Anything else y'all get from this funeral scene? Um, I think that this scene between Junior and Tony is the reason why Richie didn't get what he wanted. Hmm. Like you were you you were disregarding that uh, you know I'm on because Junior even says it, I'm the boss of this family. So we thought we put all that to bed, but Junior says I believe I'm the boss. But no, I'm on the street. I'm making the decisions, which is what Tony tells him. And if you're looking at Richie, you already a pain in my ass. You just got back. 
and you going behind my back talking to Junior so you can get me bumped up. Like I should, you should want to get bumped up off your own merit. Mm-hmm. So you know what? Just because of that, you know, because we all know Tony an asshole. Yeah, like, you got to sit on the bench, even if you did deserve it. Doing that made you made me realize I can't necessarily trust you like I need to because now that you got a higher position, you're gonna make even more connections. Hmm. You know, we see down the line that he's cool with Johnny Sachs. He's cool with other people. So. Hmm. If shit go left, how do I know you're not going to them on the same shit? And that ever lingering thing that we get from Junior towards Tony, like you don't have the makings of a varsity athlete when he tells mm-hmm. him, like anybody doing bets now, like China, you've got Chinese and women doing football bets. Anybody could be making the money that you're making right now. Just taking a jab at the job that Tony's doing as boss. It's like because he never thinks that Tony's doing good enough. Junior got to yeah, stop man. like, oh, I'm the ball. Like, no, you're, like, you're you're not like when Silvio said it in the finale. What was it? I dream a genie Cusimano like in season one. He says, no, he's about to be boss in name and everything. You're not boss, Junior. Like, stop. Like they charge you as boss, but you're not boss anymore. They're not bugging Junior's house. They're bugging Tony. You're not boss. Well, they already caught Junior. That's why. That's what I'm saying. So stop saying I'm the boss of this. No, you're not. That's why Tony let him have it because you ain't got nothing. Like you, you are a loser. Like you have nothing, bro. I can't believe he's still saying that to Tony. That's ridiculous. That's all he has. That's all he has, man. That's why he doesn't even want to give Tony even an ounce of credit when he's just on some. uh, Yeah, this economy is so robust. You know, you ain't you you can't even take part in that. So he He looks at Tony Soprano. He looks at Tony Soprano as somebody who uh, was born on third base and thinks he hit a triple. Yep. Mm, Okay. You know what I mean? Me and your dad are the ones that put in the work you to even be in this position so Mm -hmm. why are you you know what i mean i'm the boss like i laid all this out and that's never no matter what generation no matter what year that's always going to be something that's around Mm -hmm. it's got to take an og to be willing to step aside not even to get into real life but you look at senators and it was freezing up like it takes somebody who's (laughs) self-aware enough to realize i need to step aside so the younger generation or whoever's next can get in line Mm -hmm. and make this better for the whole versus me just wanting to keep my title that's junior is like that right now. We, we right. talked about it in the group chat. That's who he is. It's time to step aside, bro. Get rid of this dream that yeah. you're the man. You had your day. <laughs> he was a part of that thing. That's nice. <laughs> That's nice. Oh, man. Uh, uh, Ralph, Albert, and Eugene, they catch up with the guy they was talking about earlier. Uh, and pretty much they whipped this guy up crazy. And, and Ralph, again, He's making captain type moves without getting his hands dirty. And we get the the zoom in, which again, to me, speaks to the camera work here. This episode, they did a lot of zoom in on the faces like it's very intentional here. And he says, hey, remember, no fires, which, again, I I think is such a great foreshadowing of what a possibility could be later down the road in this series. But uh, did I get anything else with this scene with Ralph, Albert and Eugene? Whipping up this guy. Just that Ralph was going to be a problem. Ralph was mm. a problem. But didn't Tony tell him to get a handle, though? At the end of that, that meeting in his, his pool? No fires. That he did, that's not what he meant. Yeah. Oh, okay. He was not implying go beat the nigga with bats. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's telling them to work this out so we can stop all the violence. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tony, he's watching the movie again. Uh, and we see basically one the brother, like he dies in the street. And that's kind of pretty much it on the movie thing. Um, y'all want to just keep moving here, or 
I, mean, I don't yeah. know what else you want to get from that movie. Yeah, nah, there's nothing about the movie okay. there. Yeah. All right. We can yeah. We go to the grave site and you know, preachers going through the thing. We got beloved mother, a heart full of ro- uh, uh flowers, and they put Livia down finally. And you know, Meadow looks at Tony. She's still very much mad. Um and Janice tries to f- finesse Svetlana for the house and the records. Uh, she did it so <laughs> try to be so subtle, but it's hilarious. Anything I get from this gravesite scene right here? It's weird. They do Slilana this like gangster though. Separate day. Okay. I like how gangster Slilana, uh I can't pronounce her name. Slilana, right? yeah. I like how she just she ain't even really studying Janice, and like we see why later. Mm-hmm. The way she connected it, mm-hmm. it was just. Mm-hmm. I think Janice thought she was gonna be able to boss her around a little bit more. And my girl was like, "Man, get the fuck out of my face! Oh, you got the wrong mm-hmm. one." Yeah, you picked the yeah. wrong one today, bitch. Boy, Janice got that condescending voice, like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. so if you can just like you know, like Lumberg off, totally get out of the house." Yeah, yeah. Right. Like if you can just get that cleared up, that'd be great. Like, nah, man, you got me fucked up. Your mama gave me the record, so Ooh, I don't want to disobey her wishes. Um. You know, Tony said that I'm good. I can stay here. Like, she, I don't know who you thought you was talking to. I don't know. What, you must have thought I was just your mom's housekeeper, but I'm a whole G out here, too. Yeah, I like it. So, I, I love like I love what we get she to see in the future between be. these two characters. Well, I like it. She I said, like we're not going to be needing your service anymore, so you can just get out of the house by this weekend. <laughs> I mean, it kind of make, like, nah, kinda make sense, it. though. We don't need your service. Like, that is kind of. It does if she hadn't discussed it with Tony and Tony was like, exactly. you need somewhere to stay. You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah. Exactly. That's um, what makes Janice gangster too, though. It, it do. Light mm-hmm. press. And petty. Light presses. And, and yeah, petty. petty yeah. uh, Artie thinks of his last memory of Livia from season one, blowing up the restaurant. Uh, and then we and then we flash back. We to, know that she told him that we knew that, right? Yeah, we yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a real that whole scene was a real scene. Yeah, it was a whole scene. scene yeah. That's what I thought. Like we didn't need that. I, again, yeah, you see what I'm saying? Like, but again, I, I'm trying to shoot Bell because it's 2000, 2001. So it's like at that time, TV was still even though David Chase was going against the grain and the format, there's certain things that were still a part of the format. So I, I'll still shoot. I'll shoot Bell for this. We didn't need it because we remembered it. But again, people were watching this and it wasn't no, oh, we watching it back to back. It's every Sunday until it's a break. So it's a lot to have to remember when you're not watching like us. We have it on streaming services. We can watch a whole season in a week if we want to. But back then, it's like you watch a season in 13 weeks and then you got a however long break, maybe the next year, and you pick it back up again. So I do understand in that time, yeah, we're going to just kind of remind you without putting a whole lot of like last time on Sopranos. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not mad at it. We didn't need it in twenty in this year, 2023, but I'm not mad at it. But uh, we get that flashback and, you know, the whole thing, you're not mad at Tony and stuff like that. And it's it's very ironic because that's his last memory of her, and then everybody kind of goes into low key their last memory of her. But I wanted to ask: there's a lot of moments that happen in this repass scene. I'm gonna throw the ball in your court first, uh, Rich. What are some things that stood out to you? Um, our favorite character, Hesh. Hesh <laughs> holding court. <laughs> ah, holding court, telling jokes. Now here here's the thing, right? I don't even that's I don't even know if I I'm upset about you telling jokes in my mama's repast, right? Don't tell jokes and they be quiet when I come through. 
That's what will piss me off. If we gonna joke, let's joke, right? Don't don't make it some weird thing. And now that I'm around, y'all can't be y'all. That's what people hate when they grieve and they're going through something. Like don't I? That's why I ain't want to say shit. You can't hide death, but in in personal life, you know, people don't say what they're going through because they don't want people looking at them or treating them that way. Oh, this nigga coming around. He's so he going through something, so he can't laugh, he can't joke, he can't do this at the third. Mm -hmm. That's a little bit more insulting than actually having the, the indecency. To be cracking jokes, mm. you know, my mom shit anyway. And the joke was related to my, he, he might not have said say, it and about he's her. talking about his mom. Yeah, like it's a right. He never story. said it directly, but it's definitely true about her. So mm-hmm. that whole thing was was upsetting. We see Meadow in her own. She's kind of playing that role and, uh, oh, you know, could. man in the room, doing the politics of everything. Once again, just like Tony in that sense. Um, Rosalie's even cracking jokes as well yeah. throughout some point. Yeah. Uh, Furio's talking about Survivor and shit. <laughs> um yeah. You know, putting a strap in their face for 250. Bro, I would have loved to have seen an episode where him and Paulie try to roll up on a nigga that one survivor and, and get the money. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been incredible. That would have been so funny, bro. But it's a, that's, it's a typical repass, man. I got all these people in my crib <laughs> that, that I don't want to uh, have my crib. Yeah. There's no other chance in hell that 98% of these people would ever be in my living room. It wasn't from Olivia passing. Mm-hmm. We we shouldn't even have this shit to begin with. Like, it's just all of that. Reg- but this is what happens when you go through a death or you, you're grieving someone. They they really nailed this top to bottom as mm-hmm. far as just the little effects that you go through. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you, uh, Spike? What's, what you get from the, the, these different moments of the scene? Um. I literally rolled my eyes when Janet started talking and did the whole um, everybody let's say something because I it we did get an incredible scene by but I just think about if that happened in person how like cringe I would be and I would almost leave like try to sneak out before I sit in the circle and, and was able to share where I just it just seems so cringe but I do like how she threw the music shit in there she got this fresh on everybody's mind. I feel like that this got something to do with the records and shit that she was just talking to mm-hmm. with the Russian as well. Um, did y'all see the dude come down the steps behind Tony? Yeah, like, that's like one of those classic. Yeah, like, that shit. People I, I, I always talk about that. Yeah, that's a thing <laughs> in the Soprano verse. People talk about it all the time. Like, who was that? Like, what was... Yeah, that's the thing. I, that was crazy. He saw that uh, thing. Saw Olivia had, said, fuck this. I'm going back up. Right, man, right, 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 out of here. Yeah, I'm going he, back. He was on uh, But one. yeah, I think, Janice, this was a really strong... Um, it's probably the best scene that Carmella dad had, other than the dinner table scene a little bit later on. Oh yeah, are we talking about the actual? We are we talking about the actual the remembrance thing. part of the episode? Yeah, the whole, yeah, whole thing. Remembers now. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. The whole, the whole joint. Um, I was surprised that Hesh didn't have nothing to say. I was surprised that kind of he's always like a silver tongue, know what to say, mm-hmm. get you some bullshit off. It shows how much of a bad mark that Livia left on everybody. Nobody could nobody could come up with nothing off the top of their head. I mean, Hesh said something that just wasn't like great, but he was just Bullshit. like, basically, exactly. she always said what she meant. Like, that's Man, <laughs> Fanny <laughs> said the most. You know, her best friend Fanny, she said the most, and even that wasn't a lot, and that's Shout out to Fanny. She, she still ain't recovered from getting hit by that car. I was oh, that's about her? to ask, was that the lady oh, that she ran no. over, bro? That's I can't her. believe she even up. Yeah, that's that's, that's still her, man. So you know, she even even what she mentioned, like if somebody was in a hospital or died, I know I can hear from Livia. She always called and told me. Wow. Yeah, it wasn't even anything that that endearing. It was just more so. Right. I don't know. Who knows, man? Livia might have just been on that because I hit you with my shit. Old mm-hmm. people do that though. 
Yeah, yeah for sure. I think you talked about it in season one. They just mm-hmm. that's what they do. They read the obituary every day and see who Thanks. passed. Junior yeah. did that this episode. They yeah. dropping like flies. Yeah. Like they obsessed yeah. with mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Uh I uh, love the faces though. I like how they let the tension sit in the room and oh, kill blasting from different people, all the head scratching. Oh, what should I say? It was really good in setting the tone. And then you had the tea kettle pot just start whistling when uh Carmela dad was finally like, Man, fuck this shit. All right, Bush. I'm like, glad Carmela. I'm 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 happy for Carmela. This is one of my favorite Carmela moments, her stepping up and just mm-hmm. being real. Yeah, she did. She kept her stupid. Um, this yeah, Carmela sure. space. Know, this is Carmela space. I would have been kind of. I would have been kind of hot though if I was Tony. Like if my mom died. Like you doing a little too much with the grandstand. And I would. Uh, I would let her dad get it off. But Carmela, I feel like as Mo was saying earlier, I just need you kind of be like the shoulder for me to cry on. There, my mm-hmm. mom died. I don't need you making this big declaration that she wasn't shit. Like we know that. But mm-hmm. so, yeah, I can feel that. Yeah, I feel like Carmela was like. And I don't know if it was how Edie Falco played it, but I feel like this scene, Carmella, it, it feels like this moment because they're supposed to believe like because we kind of keep getting these pans of like her drinking some bourbon, you know, or maybe scotch. But like we keep getting these moments. And so when she finally steps up, it's like, all right, like, look, this is a woman that didn't want a funeral. So she steps up and speaks up and she's right. But it seems like she kind of bass in the glory a little bit. This is how I feel like how I looked at it like she's happy like Carmela not happy that she's dead necessarily more so I'm happy that I'm about to be everybody eyes are on me and I'm right right now because she has a lot of moments I feel like that she was wrong made some bad decisions so I feel like and she kind of like smiles about it this is a woman that didn't want a funeral like she feels like and everybody's focused in on her and she's right and I feel like she kind of bass in the glory of that but I, I mean, I love this scene. I thought, uh, you know, Meadow, they said Meadow's becoming a robot. So Spike Lee was right about last episode. He said that, that basically the mob guy's supposed to be robots and not feel anything. So I got to I gotta walk back what I said uh, last week because Meadow's becoming a robot. So that's what they're supposed to be. Uh, what kind Hesh- of shit was Christopher on? Huh? Hi, Chris. Hi, that was some high shit. Bro, I have been there. When I seen that, I have, bro, I cannot tell you. When I used to indulge in that way early, I would be with my cousin. We'd be in a car freestyling. And then after we freestyle, we get on some like deep (laughs) metaphorical. You just hit me with, is dinosaurs real or some shit? Bro, like, like, it'd probably be like (laughs) some like memory type, like whatever it is, but it's like some nostalgia. And then like, man, that's crazy. And then just like have a moment of a long pause. And then come back and be like, yeah, so you know what I'm saying? Like, bro, that 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 was on point. Um, Adriana got to give him the decency tap or something like that. Oh, yeah. She was on the couch. They was they was laid up on the couch like they was watching a movie. Like, they, they, was, yeah, watching, nobody they was in were there, stuck. But right. They were stuck. Holding hands. That's stuck, the, stuck. Bro, ahead, bro. When, that is when you're when you are high out of your mind, you're stuck. They were they were there when everybody was elsewhere. Yeah. They had been there for a grip. And don't get me wrong, Chris was actually making sense until you snap out of the high and realize people are focused on what you're saying. And I think that's where he started. He started stumbling, like he realized. Wait, the looks he was getting was hilarious, bro. <laughs> bro, anyway, Jesus, man. Uh, but uh, I thought that was funny. It reminds uh, me of the intervention a little bit. Like it kind of <laughs> does. It definitely has that vibe to it. Uh, 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 uh. uh 
Janice calls Paulie out. She said, hey, everybody come to the thing. Hey, Paulie, you too. You can join us. And remember season two, when she first came on the scene, she was like, Paulie Gaultieri is still alive. I'm still like, right. what is her issue with Paulie? Is this funny? Like, they probably, it's probably like they never tell us, but like, this is funny thing with her issue yeah, with Paulie. Underlying shit. Yeah. So, uh, Artie is pissed. Creek when she was young. Probably so. Her daddy age, yeah. So you remember when we creep. had those country 15 year old horse? Yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway, that's a late remember when episode. Y'all get there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Hardy, Hardy is pissed for whatever reason. Uh, you know, he going back to the memory of what she said last, it kind of brought everything back. And uh, he dumps the trash, but he let it marinate. And they say, Hey, yo, uh, there's dessert in the kitchen. And our last scene, Tony watches the movie again, and then Tony finally begins to cry. My last thing before we get out of here on our rankings, what what do you believe that is the reason Tony was crying in that last scene? The dude mom was showing love. The mom finally came back, and he this was the finally grief finally set in. Like they all say, we all grieve in different ways. Mm-hmm. The lady was excited that her son was getting out of the hospital because you had seen him get shot in the other scene, and now he's coming home. She prepared a bed for him, and she was just happy that her son was coming back. I, I'm kind of thinking that he wishes he had that type of mom, mm. and that made him sad. That's exactly what I was going to write down, and I was also going to go into the point of this episode. I've said it before; they've done a great job about the realism of them of it. Um, you know, I mentioned in the past, I I lost the parents, so there's that moment when all of the distractions, for lack of better terms, are going. You don't have people checking in on you, asking if you're okay, did you eat, are you hungry, can I do this, can I do that? Because it gets a little, as this episode shows, it gets a little bit annoying um, because you do just want some space to process your own thoughts and your own feelings, and you don't have it because everybody's always in your shit. Every time Tony comes home this episode, somebody's there with their condolences. So it's kind of like that end of the night, end of the day, all this shit is over with. Now I'm finally getting my own space to process all of this information and damn i lost my mom like mm-hmm. regardless of how fucked up it was regardless yeah. of what i think about her that acceptance piece of it is always the first part like mm-hmm. it, it kind of seems unreal at first and then you, it settles in like damn she really is gone mm-hmm. so yeah yeah I, I think i agree with y'all i think i agree with spike it's like it set in it's like Again, I, I'll say it a million times. You're going to hear this over and over, like the yearning for something else. And it's like, I wish that I had that. And now I don't even have time for it. Maybe she'll change her mind. Maybe she'll get better. Maybe one day it's over. This is it. So that's, that is its coping mechanism in a weird way. So, um, last ad, man. Any big events you got coming up, man? Make sure you check out Vesuvio's. They have a brand new pastry chef. He gets you where you <laughs> need to be. He provided all of the refreshments for yeah. the soprano awake is bobby vasquez so make you go check out vesuvio's with the new pastry chef bobby vasquez and they dessert is fire over there man i had it and it was wonderful definitely got to check it out uh <laughs> but before we get out of here and y'all know we we good for the ads we good for the review but we can't leave out of here without the rankings uh first and foremost before we get out of here spike lou on this episode how do you rank it just another envelope. Okay. Wow. Why? Like you said, this the, the last four being kind of TV is different style from what we're used to in the Soprano of the world, bro. Just so they could get all of that stuff out of the way. 
this was kind of like with the, the rewind scene in the beginning the noise shit was kind of random and then Livia died so we focus on that the rest of the episode it was kind of all over the place but I understand it that they had to wrap up some new scenes and really get to the meat mm-hmm. of what we get next weekend so for me it's just another blow mm. what say you Rich I gave it a good earner mainly because of the transition of Narcy Narcy Nancy uh, Marshawn um, and her character and Livia like you said earlier she is a character we love to hate mm-hmm. uh, but man she plays such a big role into this early foundation of Tony Soprano mm-hmm. um, the send off for her and knowing we're not going to get her again I did bump it up a little bit even if on the surface this might just be another you know uh, just another envelope mm-hmm. overall but it, it did deal with a lot of good stuff um, and kind of tied it all into one so I'm going to give it a good earner because of that mm-hmm. I'm going to give it, it's, this is a made episode. Hmm. It's a made episode because this episode is literally the nucleus, the origin of the Sopranos we know today. I have spoke about this before off air with people and this episode changed the idea of what Sopranos became. We go back to the pilot last episode and it was like cartoony. It's like, okay, the storyline, where they were going. Rest in peace to Nancy Marshawn. It changes the trajectory. This episode gave us an ensemble. We talk about The Wire being one of the shows that's known for an ensemble, not necessarily a main character, even though here we got a main character, but like when we're, we're introduced to so many people and now it's an ensemble cast, even though it's still Tony's show. So we get so much variety and flavors and textures from the, you know, AJ moment to Meadow moment to Gigi to Ralph to, uh, you know, uh, uh, Ray Curdo to Livia to Calm. Uh, we get so many moments. This episode is literally the origin that flipped the whole. I feel like it flipped the whole Sopranos uh, trajectory around to me. It changed where this show was going. It. This without if if I I believe, and and don't take this the wrong way, but I believe if if she was still alive, the show would have been legendary regardless. But I don't think it would have been what it's known today as. And this episode is to me. I always look at this. I almost feel like take away Mr. Ruggiero's neighborhood. This could have been the pilot, and we might even be having a different conversation about what we rank season three. So I got to give it a make just for it changed the trajectory of where this show goes and what we know Sopranos as this moment. Uh, Spike, I, who gets to- I can I will say I can kind of agree with you on that. It is definitely a different show after the character Olivia is gone. I meant I forgot. I won't do it this episode. Remind me next episode or for everybody listening at the beginning, we'll discuss about how Nancy Marchand's death affected season three and the trajectory and what the original storyline was supposed to be versus what we, what we get, so on and so forth. But all right. I'm all trying to sell it. Hey, all you right? know, I'm telling you, man, seriously. Because this is definitely better than the last episode. It's, that's why I can't put it in another envelope. That last episode was not, not it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Spike, <laughs> who gets the Good Earn Award of this episode? Carmella. Carmella Soprano. Even though mm-hmm. I wasn't a big fan of the speech in the end, and I think it was a little distasteful. It's her house, like she said. It's her house. I, this bitch been putting us through shit for years. Now she gone, and I'm tired of y'all faking. Uh, also, with the situation with Meadow, uh, just knowing when to step in there, she just played the ultimate sidekick or like the person that you could lean on. It felt like for Tony in this situation. Mm. 
Very rare well, I'm gonna give Carmelo a double. Yeah, but she can get some doves. But I appreciate I can appreciate that from you, Spike. Uh what about you, Rich? I'll be damned, man. Spike took my answer. Oh. I had down. Wow. For what reason? I had for you? Down. She 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 mastered everything gracefully, didn't cause any kind of issues. Um, if you are someone who appreciated her speech, uh, she probably added more bonus points. Um joked earlier about saying the quiet part out loud there's a little bit of etiquette and i think a little bit of grace that could be handled with that you know that's my still my mom's um but outside of that she did everything correctly to the t as you would expect someone um, who's the wife of a powerful you know that's just a normal human thing to do but especially somebody who's got a million other things on top of their head um gotta give it to carmella i had somebody but i'm trying to remember um it wasn't Carmella though. She wasn't the one, but she did a great job in this episode. It's like between Janice and Ralph. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Ralph, man. It might be some bias there, but I'm gonna go Ralph because he he got to get that off. Oh, on during Tony's sentimental moment, he's still like, and I'm gonna turn that hearing aid up. When I hear it, you know, like getting that off, like don't get cute with me. He's still like, and he still got it off with like how he was dealing with, uh, you know, uh, I can't remember the guy's name. I didn't take it in my notes, but like how he handled that situation without the fires or whatever. And he still was making plays like a boss or whatnot. Uh, it was a good play. Lastly, Spike Lou, who gets the broken balls award in your opinion? The broken balls award is episode definitely goes to Noah Tannenbaum. I think that was his last yeah, name. Yeah, Noah Tan Noah Tannen. Noah Tannen yeah. man. He's in the he's in the industry, as he said. What do you say? He's in the, business. the business. His father's business. uh yeah, business. entertainment Absolutely. lawyer. Yeah. Um they they got their start in Tarzan movies. Like he's just he's just <laughs> he just my man just took a beating for no reason. He just wanted yeah. to watch a film with with his classmate, bro. So yeah, Noah Tannenbaum definitely took an L. <laughs> what about you, Rich? I, mean, I promise we don't share notes, y'all. I promise we don't share notes. <laughs> yeah. I promise you. I know I know we got the long standing joke that, you know, Spike and Rich the same person, but Noah Tannenbaum is the, the, the <laughs> he gets the broken balls award. It just is what it is. You can't get around it. Yeah. Even yeah. if I tried to get creative and pick somebody second, it was so <laughs> Noah's so, so above the head of everybody else. Yeah. yeah. The Tarzan movies and just not catching on that in real time. And plus being toast to your face. <laughs> Uh, charcoal baguette, a moulion. Like, come on, bro. You gonna keep going down the list? That's crazy, dog. Fuck wow. you. See, now that's what I'm trying to prevent. That's what I'm trying to avoid. <laughs> yeah. Get it. Oh, man. Um. Man, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. AJ, man. Yeah, you know, a AJ just. He just. He has no idea. Like this man guessed Thanksgiving when she brought up horses with bells and he said thanksgiving literally a month later is christmas and you thought it's crazy uh that and then just like you're watching skateboarding with your with your uncles that are in the mob and they cut it off <laughs> like he's just aj just is something else man like, he just to me he took a big as hell meadow even left him to the crib by himself like it's just like nobody he's not a factor so i, I i'll definitely say aj for this episode and lastly before we get out of here Spike Lou, what is your favorite moment from this episode? 
uh, when they all sit, stand around talking about Libya and uh, Carmela's dad gives a speech. What they call it? The repass? Yeah, the repass. And uh, he was just fine. He was like, oh, fuck that. Yeah. And it just goes in. Uh, I like that part. It's one of my best, well, probably the best scene from Carmela's dad. Mm, I like it. All right, what about you, Rich? Uh, I had that list. I had that down as well, but I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go with it. I'm going to go with. I feel like the Noah scene is too easy. <laughs> I really had what Spike said, but I'm trying not to go three for three. So I'm trying to think of my next favorite one. Why don't you turn your hearing out? <laughs> uh, I'm probably gonna go with the Dr. Melfi scene. Okay. There's something that I always can appreciate about, like I said, in an episode full of bullshit and people following social norms and not doing what they naturally would want to do, it felt good to have that um, that truth sprinkled yeah. in the episode um, in a space where you can't escape it. No matter how hard you try, no matter what you tell yourself, what lie you tell yourself to feel better, the truth is going to have to come out in this room. Um, yeah. So I appreciate that moment and everything that came from it because it does set up a lot that we're going to see for the rest of this season. Now that Livia's gone, there's going to be new obstacles, you know, just the, the whole, I don't need to come here anymore. I, actually, my nigga, you do. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, yeah my, my my favorite moment is the shot with, the shot the shot they took with Svetlana. Um, when we get the name of the episode, Prosha Lavushka, which is goodbye, little Livia. Uh, I thought it was just breaking the fourth wall moment. It's, it's literally rest in peace to Nancy Marshawn and also the character Livy. And it was so left field to me. I don't think we ever seen Tony and Carmella drinking outside of later down the road, uh, Soprano home movies. So it was just great to see this very early where it's like, okay, man, y'all get to it. And they have a little shot of vodka to celebrate her life and her being gone. So I, I really enjoyed that. Um, so definitely the shot was Fetlana. That was, that was my favorite uh, thing. Um, and that is our episode. Mm, we appreciate y'all listening, man. Y'all can go follow us now on Instagram, uh, good earner pod underscore sopranos. Y'all can DM us about the show. You know, y'all want to have questions. Y'all can talk about y'all love for the show or y'all just talk about maybe y'all could possibly be on it. Depend on, I had to vet you and see what's, what time it is, but nonetheless, y'all can enjoy the memes every, every day, every week we come up with funny memes. So y'all go check out those videos, those those images nonetheless um y'all can also check us out on youtube man good earner uh good earners reviewing the sopranos y'all can leave comments there you know we're everywhere we're on apple spotify uh many more uh before we get out of here i like to make sure we cross promote so before we get out of here rich what are some other podcasts you're involved with just in case the people want to support you elsewhere no doubt, man. We have the Culture Garden podcast. Um, it's spelled exactly how it sounds. The Culture Garden. It's a film podcast focusing on films from the culture. Those release every single Thursday. Uh, we got y'all television podcast. Those are releasing on Tuesdays. We are covering Winning Time: The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty, which is streaming on Max. Um, and also, if you hear from Mafia Mondays every single week, my good earner brothers, man, it's part of ours. Um, so that, that's pretty much it right now. There will be things in the future, but we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Mm. Spike. Check out Dead End Sports on Tuesdays, live on YouTube. Check out the On Deck TV podcast on Wednesdays. Check out Good Earners, as you see, on Mafia Mondays. And also check out another week in the books on Fridays, man. Just some dope stuff that we're involved in. 
Mo's on a couple of them. Check it out. Anyway, you listen to podcasts. Yes, sir. And lastly, y'all go check out Roll the Audio Drama Series. Uh, season four is about to come out. Uh, y'all beat, so y'all should subscribe right now. Uh, but for those that are new listeners, catch up now. It's going to be behind the paywall, so get prepared for that. I'm definitely looking forward. Yeah, can't wait for that joint. Yeah, it's it's different this season. So can't wait <laughs> for that joint, man. So y'all 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 get get behind that joint because it's 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 going to be really good. This is the the send off of that series. It's a, a fiction podcast that I wrote, produced, act and all of those good things so roll the audio drama series but we appreciate y'all listening and tuning in until next time remember don't forget about it